We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. And welcome to the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. Constant listeners, and welcome back to the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast presented by Bloody FM, the number one horror podcast network in the world. Thank you to Charlie Lawrence and the most for our always catchy theme song, The Friends Song, which you can actually find on Spotify or Bandcamp. Remember Bandcamp? That was fun. Yeah. Anyway, I'm your host, Michael MySpace Rothman. Uh, today, much to the chagrin of Henry Rollins and Greg Jin, Greg Ginn, we're going to throw ourselves a little TV party and talk up the shows we've been loving and, hey, maybe even a few that we could give a shit about. But we've also got a stack's worth of needful tweets to sort through and a much-deserved trip back to Hollywood King to talk about all sorts of headlines in King's Dominion. I'm talking, welcome to Derry. There's some quotes from Mike Flanagan about the Dark Tower that we're going to have to sort through. A uh, few, maybe a couple, 4K releases. Don't you know? come at me because I can't <laughs> distinguish between Blu-ray and 4K because uh, I'm a streaming boy. Uh, and then we also have to- some uh, some headlines related to Holly. And um, who knows with us? You know, we're always going, you know, going on uh, different roads alongside the beam. And tonight, rest assured, will be uh, no different than the 500 episodes that we've done in the last six years. So let me stop running circles, and we should probably get right down to business, starting with introductions from my fellow losers. From Chicago, the tall man, perhaps only second to the late Angus Scrim, little Justo, say hello, and wouldn't you know, since I live in Wrigleyville, I've noticed it's baseball season now. <laughs> Tell us your Cubbies forecast for uh, this season, 2023. Hey, this is Justin. Let's play two Gerber. Oh. Uh, well, this year, Mike, the Cubs actually do have a team of of major leaguers. There's not mm. a bunch of glorified AAA people playing. Unfortunately, none of them are, are pitching in the bullpen. So it's going to be a tough year. Rough. Better than last year. I predict a 77 and 85 finish and the playoffs within two years. That's my prediction. Oh. There you go. Well, you're more uh, focused on basketball right now because mm. you managed to get you know one of the greatest players of all time on your yes. team. Um, of course, I'm talking about the L.A. Clippers. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your nightmare. Russell, uh, Russell no, Westbrook. Yeah, right. Uh, Phoenix Suns, though. That's that's mm. your focus right now, sports wise. Right? Yeah. Very exciting times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Knock on wood. Well, Knock let's hope wood. that the Cubs bring out Vaughn. You know, that's a reference to Major League, my uh, my favorite baseball movie. Sorry to Robert Redford 
in the natural. Although I saw, I think it was someone tweeted the, the other day that Kevin Cosner could they do could he do one more baseball movie? Your trusty editor Kyle, that's who. And I was thinking, so he's done Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, and For the Love of the Game. That's it, mm-hmm. right? Because Draft Day is a football movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Tank Cup, which is golf. Oh, that's yep. true. With the great uh, Don Johnson, Rene Russo, uh, yeah. and, and Rene Russo of Lethal Weapon, and Ron Shelton, who who directed and wrote Bull Durham. Oh, ah. so that was a reunion for them, huh? Yeah. Well, and Tim Robbins, who you know, is Andy Dufresne. So oh, that there's is our true. King there's King, King connection. We're, We're back. back. We're Kevin back. Costner's We're back. never been in a King movie, isn't that? He hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. What if it had been uh, Kevin Costner as Andy Dufresne? Um, mm. And Kevin, and um, and then maybe uh, Tim Robbins. Eh, no, that doesn't work. Anyway. Costner could have played the warden. That would have been fun. Oh God! I think early '90s Costner could have played Dufresne, though. Yeah, he, he could have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I gotta I get out of here. Yeah. I, I can't do a good Costner. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's basically just a white man accent. You know? It is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Although, if I'm doing Robin Hood, then I'm doing kind of an English accent, which, according to historians now, say is actually more accurate than all the film critics are like. Uh, he doesn't. Then Carrie always is. In a, yeah. Um, anyway, you heard her just now. Derailing. Uh, no, no, never. never. I want to say can't derail because we're going into April. Absolutely impossible. We're about thing. three days in. Um, <laughs> you know, we're all a bunch of spring chickens, but calories be damned. <laughs> I'm hungry for some Nashville <laughs> chicken. And wouldn't you know, our fourth, or actually, our I'm skipped ahead. I don't even know why I did this. Our <laughs> third co-host hails from that country fried rock and roll town. Jen, say hello and tell us if you're feeling the heat yet down there. Hey, this is Jinder Ronstadt Adams. <laughs> I've been watching a, sh- <laughs> a show I'll be talking about later. Um, and no, it's actually been cold and rainy today. And we uh. just had a whole bunch of tornadoes, which is like, not the tornadoes, but the cold and the rain is my ideal weather. So, you know, I've been happy. Never get tired of the, the cold and the rain? No? Um, Yeah, I guess. So. Like, I want snow sometimes. I don't want to go to the pool. But that's what I love about Nashville is we get all the seasons. You do. Mm. You do. And you certainly get that Nashville heat because I was, as oh, I've dude, said multiple so times in this podcast, I went there and I got uh, heat, uh, I got sun poisoning. So that was fun. Um, yeah. I, I, that's not, that is not you know made, you know said to deter anyone from going to nashville it's a great city yeah you city. came in like july i think yeah right? it was it was too hot yeah we were yeah. going to a podcast event um <laughs> not the losers club podcast but our, our friends at last podcast on the left and um they, it was a great show but uh it was air conditioning there thank god but i imagine in that in the i think it was at the ryman i imagine that yeah. that one time wasn't air conditioned and that is my personal hell well <laughs> our fourth and final guest uh or should i say our co-host from boise where the music runneth over. <laughs> Rachel, say hello and tell us if you were able to check out Treefort Music Festival this past month um, and what's going on over there. Yeah, so this is Rachel, apparently not a sports movie fan, Reeves. Oh, <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like, I've seen Moneyball, I think. Oh, Moneyball counts. Like, yeah. Angels in the Outfield. That like, counts. Maybe about it. They play some sports in there. Yeah. <laughs> rookie yeah. of the year. That's oh, a good one. Oh my gosh. Rookie of the year. Yes. Yep. Airbud. League of Their Own. <laughs> Airbud. Oh, yeah. You know, League of Their Own. Have all the great ones. Like, like, next know. you're going to say Miracle of, uh, you know, uh, I can't even name the title of it. Oh, wait. Um, what's that hockey one? Like Young Bloods. That one is actually like. Mighty Ducks. Young Bloods. Mighty Ducks. Yeah. yeah. Miracle is another hockey one, too. It's got that is true. People and I think Kurt okay. Russell. Maybe. All right. All right. So oh, now I'm not feeling so bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm going to look closely and be like, wait, like, is Luke Gehrig baseball like, uh, Yeah, you know, like, I don't know, like bang the drum slowly, cry the Yankees, uh, you know, just uh, little big league, you know, nothing big, nothing. What if you'd said, like, oh, I love, love back, I love major league back to the minors and like, we're like, oh, okay. oh boy. Well, you know that movie's got CGI baseballs? 
Oh, really? Isn't that it's Scott tough. Bakula? It is. Mm. I love Scott Bakula, but yeah, not even he could save. Yeah. It's like a CGI me to watch it. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have to make something clear here. Young Blood is a sports movie. Oh, oh, nice. What's it's the a hockey sport? movie. Hockey. Mm. Wow. With, mm-hmm. with Rob Lowe of oh, Salem's yeah. Lot fame. Ooh. Of Suddenly Salem's Lot fame yeah. and Patrick Swayze. Oh, yeah. oh. oh. the late Patrick right. Swayze. Um, I'm in. It's it's, it's uh, better than you would think it would be. And there's a random, I remember watching it, and there's like a random Slumber Party Massacre poster in the back. And I was like, what is this Ooh. movie? Like, what is happening here? They're like, we got to finish this game and get back and watch uh, Slumber 2. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, Tree Fort. Yeah, I went to a few Tree Fort things in Boise. That was great. You know, you got to love a March outdoor music festival sometimes. You know, it's oh, either like it really nice or snowing. And this yeah. one was uh, not the warmest. But... They move the main stage, which is nice. It's in a park, and it's by the zoo, so you can, you know, watch Dinosaur Junior and check out a giraffe while you're there. So that's oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I still have not seen Dinosaur Junior live, and I, I need to do that soon. Well, I'm surprised. Yeah. I swear, I thought you were going to say, and you can look at dinosaurs while you watch. Them. You can look at dinosaurs or giraffes, which are basically yeah. just dinosaurs, right? So that is true. They are they're the, they are the brachiosauruses of our, uh, our of the dinosaur era. world. Yeah, they're, they said that they're the oldest living creature. Yeah, the, the giraffe. Yeah, are they really? No, they're not. I was they're like, not, wait, sorry. what? It's not, like, not wow. at all. Well, hey, there's Interesting. A, there, there is a draft in uh, one of the, sh- the shows that we're talking about uh, today, actually, mm. um, which I guess mm. could be a seg, but I, I kind of want to hear, how was Dinosaur Junior? Was it was it loud? Did you, can you still hear now after that show? Because that was one of the yes. loudest shows I've ever been to. Yeah, that's the nice thing about like an outdoor show is mm. that, you know, you can always like go right, a little out. off to the side <laughs> yeah. and, you know, so it's not like super overwhelming. But yeah. no, it was great and lots of lots of fun stuff and got to work at the record store again for a second and see some fun bands there that played in the store. So it's always it's always a good vibe for yeah. sure, even when it's, you know, 32 degrees outside. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, I realize that. Yeah, uh, yeah we've we have a couple of winter fests here in chicago but they all are you know indoors you know like we have that tomorrow never knows it's been going strong for a while and those are they all take over like venues and stuff but yeah. we don't i feel like we don't get our our first outdoor thing until i don't know like may at the earliest maybe like yeah um, and that's at the earliest because it still can get kind of cold for yeah. an outdoor festival in may even yeah. in may but you know but I mentioned giraffes earlier, or no, <laughs> we all mentioned giraffes earlier. And I mentioned <laughs> that it isn't a show that we're going to talk about. And one of the shows I want to talk about is Last of Us. We haven't had a chance to talk about it here, probably because it has nothing to do with Stephen King. And I just wanted to bring it up because we had a lot of you know topics here that are related to TV. And TV has been on the mind like crazy lately, um, just because I think things are actually really heating up. And, uh, you know, with a lot of new shows that are dropping, a lot of returning shows um, that have uh, come out of the woodwork that we've been waiting for for a while. But The Last of Us, I feel like, although it doesn't have a King connection, I feel like it does feel like King at times. Like there, there, there is some sort of Kingian constructs there. So I kind of wanted to talk about it just a little bit. And I know King was watching it because he griped about the most minute things, like how it doesn't look like Boston outside when you see the mo- the mountains at one point. And uh, also, I guess, complain about the healing magic of one of its characters. But what about you all? I, Justin, I know that you're not, you're you're probably the biggest gamer out of all of the Losers Club. Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> I, I knew that you were like champing at the bit for this adaptation. So what, what were your thoughts on The Last of Us? I mean, I'm, I'm helping right now. On the, it's the early days, but there is going to be a Last of Us 3 video game for uh, Sega Genesis 3. <laughs> 
And, you know, it's going to be great. I mean, I can't, I don't want to say too much, but we're looking forward to it. No, yeah, I'm not a big video game head. And I still enjoyed the show. But even as somebody who's not a uh, quote unquote gamer, uh, I, at times I could tell, like, oh, this is the level where they have yep. to get around this and that, you know? And I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. I'm going to watch season two. Um, but it wasn't like appointment viewing for me, I think. And, but I do wonder, especially with the three of you, like the overall reaction overall has been for fans of the game versus newbies like myself. You know, I wonder yeah. what, if it's been a, a different reaction. Rachel, have you watched it and did you also play the game? Um, no and no. Oh, I like, okay. oh, I like wow. don't know what happens. Like when I see something like completely like taking over the zeitgeist, it like gives me anxiety for some reason. And <laughs> yeah. I just like, don't watch it. I don't like, don't know what's wrong with me. So like it happens sometimes <laughs> where I just like it, like when I hear everybody talking about something, I just have to like take a second and all it's like, I'll, I'll come around to it in probably like a year. Um, but I have talk a little bit more about Field of Dreams and Bull Durham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't I haven't played the game, but it is kind of cool to see just like how popular it's been. Like even today, I just had lunch with a friend and you know, she was like, Oh my gosh, have you guys been watching Last, you know, The Last of Us? And it's just like it's like just taken over everywhere. <laughs> it has. And just people that you, I would never expect to be into it have been watching it. And I I think that that's pretty rad. And mm-hmm. um I should get on it. I don't know. I don't know what, why I just am. You're not alone. You're not, it's hard I, to I like start something too. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, do I really have, you know, 12 hours to invest in this yeah. you know, TV show? Like, I don't. Yeah. I'm like, no, no I'm just going to watch a million reruns of Criminal Minds or something instead. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, hey. I mean, I, I literally wait usually until the end. Um, until like usually the season finale or in some cases series finale drops and I just binge it all in that day and then yeah. catch up at that one moment. Like I've done that with the last two seasons of uh, White Lotus. Um, I kind of did with Barry, but I, I didn't really, I waited a little while. Um, and then I just, I knocked it out in one sitting. But with this one, I was glad it was week to week because it is really dour. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It's not yeah. like a, oh, can't wait for the next episode. Although I, Jen, today you were like binging most of the episodes. So I was like, Jesus, this is going to be <laughs> quite a fucking emotional roller coaster because literally every episode ends with just like the biggest gut punch. Uh, uh-huh. for you. So what were, your, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, well, Rachel, unlike you, I have been putting this off. I never played the game, but I heard people talk about it. And I have like too much anxiety to play anything but like Tetris, really. So <laughs> I was like, "That's coming really soon too." To- I know. We'll talk about that on the next. Uh, need I heard it's more exciting than uh, crossing off all four rows at one time. Uh-oh. Anyways, never. Um, <laughs> so I like I was really excited to finally get to figure out what this thing was because I kept hearing people like rave about the game, and I was like, "I really want to do this, but I just can't. I can't handle the actually playing it." And then I just put it off and. And it was when I found out that there was a Linda Ronstadt connection and I was like, okay, I am in because I love Linda Ronstadt yeah. so much. And this is, this was my big emotional breakdown today. Cause I got to episode three, which is the one where I don't want to spoil anything, but it's the one where everybody cries and yeah. it's so sad. And it's got this song that I have loved since like I was Ellie's age and my dad played these records for me. So, and like, I have mm-hmm. the Linda Ronstadt piano book. So it was just like mm-hmm. hitting all of these like emotional things. And I also watched like the episode of succession, the newest one. I don't want to spoil it, but it was emotional at the end. And then I finished Jeanette McCurdy's I'm glad my mom died book today. So it's Jesus just like, are you, I know. are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm really not. I'm <laughs> once you go no. in 
fire up come and see <laughs> yeah. for the quartet of misery. Exactly. And then I'll uh, just finish Dear it out Zachary with Chernobyl again. Right? Like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. You do. You, then you can top it off with Remember Me, you know, with, uh, oh, with its wonderful ending. One of the great twists. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, hey, by the way, what, what level is episode three from Last of Us? Is that like early on it, in the game? Well, or? no, the, you're, you know what? It's funny that you say that, but it is actually a side uh, story that's, that's yeah, part of the, the DLC. Frank, Frank and Bill? Yeah. It's, it's a little Wait, darker. Are there a couple in the game? Well, no it's, it's insinuated. Yeah. Um, but it's but like darkly, he just meets one of them and he helps them and that's darker, it. Well, it's a, it's a, it, there's a lot of insinuations that, that fans kind of put together, but mm. it, let's just say it's a darker fate and they decided mm. to kind really? of peel back into the, you know, peel it back from what happens in, in the show. Um, well, but that great episode of television, I will say that it really it was, is. It and, was really good. But, but the which thing, might have been a problem with the show ultimately, in my opinion, is that I think that mm. that was better than any of the, uh. Joel Nelly stuff, honestly. Wow, that is a hot take. Because uh, you know, I'm I actually really do love. I mean, I'm 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 a huge fan of survival horror, so like this is right, mm-hmm. right in my wheelhouse. But um, I do think that I just I love the the reporting chemistry between Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. I think they're they're really solid. But I yeah. the thing that all I could think about while watching this show and like in, I think it's what ten episodes. Nine. Is, well, nine, and then because they combine, I guess the two, the first two into one thing that feels like a movie. Oh yeah. Is like th- this. This shows exactly what I've been. We were talking about all throughout the pandemic with the stand. Was that uh-huh. God? If they would have done this, because look at what they were able to do. You just mentioned the bottle episode being your favorite. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many episodes you could have done like that with the stand. And just watching this and the scope of it all, even that first episode where you just see the whole society crumble, and then also the side. Because what what I love about the show also is that it it kind of hints at what's going on with the science of it all, which the game doesn't. And you get to kind of see little bits and pieces in the beginning that that really do speak to the showrunners' strengths with what they did with Chernobyl. And mm-hmm. again, like all I could think of was, God damn it, why did they fumble the stand? And like we could have uh-huh. absolutely got something this powerful. And I th- I do think that it would have been like as ubiquitously taken as what, what you were talking about, Rachel, like you would have probably sat down at a and then like, Oh, did you see the stand? You're like, well, actually I did because I'm going to fucking Stephen King podcast. Yeah. But, <laughs> but also I just think it would have been something screeners. that you talked about, you know, as opposed to, Hey, what was that thing called CBS? And then, you know, now it's, you know, it's yeah. out there and I'm sure it'll have some sort of second or third life maybe down the road. But I don't know. Did that go through your head, Jen, while watching it? Because I know we were, you know, at the front lines of that one for a while. I think we were on oh, almost yeah. every episode covering that, that, that miniseries. Um, yeah, started off real strong too, you I know. know, and and I also wonder if it had been, you know, no shade to CBS All Access, but if it had been on HBO and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it, that HBO money too, I think exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and connections, and I mean it, it looks good. That's not the problem with it. I think it's just there were a lot of writing problems with it, and I don't know, but yeah, and and I think the linear story. Now, I'm only three episodes into The Last of Us, so I don't know what's going to happen. And I know that the source material is different, but I just, I don't know. I, it It's like what might have been, and I know we're never going to get another one until, like, Skarsgård's new baby is old enough to That's be That's true. Stand, His you know, little, little Randall. Um, little Randall flag. There is, you know, spoiler alert to, for you, there are, you know, that isn't the last bottle episode. So that's all. Oh, saying, really? But no, and that's. Hey, that's I like why the bottle I, episodes. Yeah, yeah, and there's another one um, that's really effective, also. And again, it's just like 
fuck, like we could have, we could have had this. We could have had this. Um, we could have had a kid episode. Yeah. Oh the my God. Bottle. Could you imagine that? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I would have liked that episode. Yeah. That, we, that, would, that would be on cinema. That'd be like HBO going back to like Oz days <laughs> where you're far. just having like the sickest fucking shit on television. <laughs> um, Let's do it. Yeah. I'm done with this cute stuff. Yeah. Well, speaking of not cute, uh, Yellow Jackets. And, mm. and Jen, I know this is a fave of yours because yes. uh, now I have not seen this new season. I haven't I haven't started the second season yet. There's, well, there's only two episodes. So oh, there's far, only right? two. OK, OK. There's mm-hmm. only two. Have you have, have you been watching six of them? Yes. You've seen six of them. Holy shit. I've seen six. Yes. Okay. And it's really oh. good. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> going to pull out my yellow jackets jacket right now. And kick a hey, goal. they were setting them um, out to like for, for, for pressers. So you might actually have one, you know, like I feel oh, like they're you doing, might. Yeah. Check like your email. Jackets and stuff. Mm, but, compromised. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, send me a letter, a uh, yellow jackets jacket though. I'll wear it. Um, oh gosh, but yeah. yeah, I'm loving this season and I am a huge, like, this is just like a gen show completely. Like with the music, there's a song oh. from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack in it. It's like, what song? Oh, is it Gavin you. Friday? Number one crush. Oh, it's so garbage. Good. Nice. Oh. nice. Or no, is it? Yeah, it's garbage, right? Yeah, yeah it is garbage. Yes. Yeah, the yeah. lead off song on that soundtrack. Yeah, it's really good. It's got Elijah Wood, who's an all time crush for me. And Frodo. it's like actually going in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going into the cannibalism this season. So I've been really excited about that. And it's going into the cult. El- so a lot of the, uh, there's just a lot of shit that's going down that just it's hits like, a lot of my sweet spots. It's just so nice when you see a show that, you know, even in the first season, it's got like hinting and hinting at all mm-hmm. these like kind of expectations for what it is. And then it goes there and then it delivers. Exactly. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it's actually doing what it promised and yeah. exactly. exceeding expectations. And it's just so awesome. And everybody on it is just delivering just amazing performance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the, the oh, younger, yeah. like, you know, actors and Juliette Lewis is amazing and oh my gosh mm-hmm. yeah elijah would just elijah would just fits right in <laughs> mm-hmm. christina ricci is still my favorite too yeah she's incredible in the show and mm-hmm. i feel like um she kind of had an re- interesting renaissance of the last year and a half too because she was in one yeah she was in wednesday too which is kind of fun and tongue-in-cheek in that respect but mm-hmm. um i love her in this uh, in the first season she was my favorite part of that show um yeah because it's just just fucking crazy um but yeah. uh but i so i'm excited way. to see our I, now the first season had a lot of kingian influences to it i mean obviously it is a big part of that it's it kind of mm-hmm. also because it feels like a now and then sort of thing too which mm-hmm. also has that stand by me ask aspect to it and Does christina it, ricci and christina ricci um <laughs> that's true oh my god um isn't she the one that gets stuck in the uh, sewer or is that uh the other one uh the, like oh goodness I'll have to go it, there's a scene in, in now and then where someone gets like stuck in the sewer Hashtag Pennywise. Um, but no, I haven't seen, seen that one. Okay. I know that somebody gets to kiss Devin Sawa, though. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Cool. So, <laughs> yeah, because I think they, they, like, take the clothing and everything. Anyway, are there any uh, other newer Kingian influences that you've noticed in the second season of Yellow Jackets yet? Um, well, I would say the Dreamcatcher. Lo- Dreamcatcher, yes. Dreamcatcher, <laughs> definitely. Um, and then kind of like a gender-swapped Dreamcatcher with less shit monsters. Wait, does, Although uh, there is a does poop element in the second season. Did it arrive oh. um, in season oh. two? Dun- oh. Like, just hanging out. <laughs> no. You know? Yeah, Showtime no? decided no to just tank their ratings. Military coming. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, um, now, I think the girl who loved Tom Gordon, there's an element of that. And then Survivor type, too. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. It's a little bit of cannibalism there. Um, yeah. There's cool. also... A Papa Roach song and a Tori Amos song in the same yes, episode. And, and the I just, best Tori like, Amos song, too. Just, wait, wait. Papa Roach? 
it's oh, going to yeah. be one last or last resort. What year do they? What year do they come out? Well, that's when they're, it's the adults. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I yeah, for, yeah. And, I forgive you. Yellow and jackets. it's silly and it's perfect. And I can't mm. believe I'm saying that, but. Oh my god! Is it cut my life into pieces? Of course I love it. it is. Yes. Last resort. I was with the, uh, yeah. the the wordplay. Yeah, sense. that's that makes sense. Oh my god! It's so they so are good. probably I love the, the moment too. Okay. And then cornflake girl at the end of the episode. Oh. Yeah. I just like. Oh, Sammy's going to go nuts about that one because she's, well, for one, I think Papa Roach is actually from her hometown. And then oh, really? she also is a super fan of Tori Amos. So, mm-hmm. you know, how about that? I'm not saying that she likes Papa Roach. I'm just saying that they're from her hometown. So she'll be she like, like oh, 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 town's from my hometown. Yeah, that is true. What, what else is from my hometown? Oh, yeah. Well, Gloria Stefan. Creed. That's not bad. And Creed, uh, not bad. Not, uh, rhythm's going to get you. Yeah, rhythm is going to get you. And that rhythm <laughs> happens to be Mark Tremonti, and it sucks. Um, <laughs> all right. Any other shows uh, that we're watching? Um, that, that Succession. Are Succession. Yeah, with your yeah, boy. Sorry. Um, oh yes, Skarsgård showed up. Yeah. He showed up in the episode last night. Oh, interesting. It was. It yeah, was I, really I haven't good. watched the second up yet, but I, that's my favorite. Whenever it's on, that's my favorite television show. Shall we uh, turn off the TV? Talk tweets. All right. He's not a human being. No! Don't you see what he's done? Kill them all. Let God sort them out. Evil tweets. Well, look, <laughs> things have been, let's just say, political on uh, Twitter lately. You know, no. there's, there's a former tr- <laughs> president being indicted. Um, what? Uh, uh, a billionaire <laughs> being a billionaire, flushing his billionaire system down the toilet. So naturally, uh, King has been a, a bit more engaging as of late on social media. Uh, having said that, uh, we, we've decided to skip over any of the chatter on, on Twitter or Trump, if you couldn't guess my innuendo there. Uh, not because we're worried. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Read about a barrage of one-star reviews. Personally, I am worried about that. But mm-hmm. also, I'm just fucking exhausted by both subjects. And if I see one more tweet about the verified being this or that, I am just going to fucking snap. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Because there isn't enough Advil for me to consume to get me through this fucking topic or both of those <laughs> topics uh, without having an, emb- an embolism, I think we're just going to keep it to Rampart. All right. So, Jen, take the first tweet. Okay. So, this is a retweet from Sadie Hartman, Mother Horror. And she tweeted on February 21st Morning people rule the world. And King retreated. retweeted. <laughs> Retreated. Retreated. Oh. Retreated. <laughs> Retreated to his phone. <laughs> that, oh. <laughs> that's going to be King's new social media yeah. platform. Yeah. Um, he retweeted, if so, I rule. And that <laughs> I rule in all caps, which I deduce means King is a morning person. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think he, he definitely is a morning person because he has his routine mm. for writing. Yep. Um, he, I think he, I, th- I can't remember if it was in on writing or in one of his interviews when he talks about it. I think it was one of the interviews. Um, mm-hmm. about like what he eats. So like it's, I guess it's very, there's a lot of repetition in his life, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, that's, that's why we all live in repetition. Um, yeah. are you a morning person, Jen? 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I try to get up at 4.30 usually. Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> get started. I know. Hey, that's What time did you say? At 4.30. That's also partly because oh. I'm an, also an OCD person. And, uh, but yeah, I have, a, my morning routine is like very elaborate and it's been pared down over the years, but I get up and then I do like my journal tarot stuff. Then I run, then I exercise, then I got to do all the kids stuff. So. I get up so early because that's the only time my house is quiet. I was going to say, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Justin, what about you? Uh, You know, in the summer, definitely. I love to go. I think, Ruffin, you're the same. We we have to go like on massive walks. Oh, yeah. Especially when the weather's nice and we're Mm -hmm. cooped inside in the wintertime. Oh, I love it. I could could and I do walk for hours. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think massive walks is actually an improper use of the word massive. I don't think it works in that regard, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> take really long, large long walks, like, uh, but, like the hey, title like Stephen by King. Richard Bachman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about Richard Bachman later this month as well. That's true. But I think I just don't like sleeping in as much as I used to. Like in the old days, when I was you know, younger, which really was the old days, I mean, I could sleep until like 10, 11, no problem on the weekends. Yeah. But now, I don't know if it's just... You know, you're getting older, and I feel like, especially if it's the weekends and I'm, you know, working throughout the week, I just feel like the the days are getting lost if I sleep in too late. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if there's not like a long night ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. Like if I'm waking up at eleven, and then like eight hours later, it's it's nighttime, and like the day, and then like there's only one more day left of the weekend. Like so, I like mm-hmm. to try to get up as early as possible and do stuff. Yeah, makes sense. Rachel, yeah. What about you? It's it's funny. Like, no, I'm not a morning person, but similarly, <laughs> it's like. That means I wake up at like, you know, 7 or 7.30. My <laughs> like, weekday, yeah. yeah. You know, fun fun byproduct of ADHD. It makes it hard to fall asleep and then really hard to wake up. So it's like, oh, great. This mm. is awesome. Um, I wish I could be somebody who could just like hop out of it. And the worst thing is like living with a morning person. No offense, Jen. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no, like, Corey would when, agree like, with your you. partner is a severe morning person because they're like, you know, just no problem, like hopping up and doing things. And it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I just feel unproductive as hell. But, like, <laughs> you know, that's that's fun. But, uh, yeah, so luckily, I don't know, Rambo, the dog, sleeps in too. So he doesn't make it oh, any nice. easier because it's just like, oh, I don't want to get up now. You're just mm-hmm. so cuddly and cute. <laughs> we used to have – so when we were watching dogs like a couple years ago, we, we had one dog that was such a stoner dog that he would not leave the bed until we did or until Sammy did, which yeah. means that the bed, the dog we got the bed sometimes at like, you know, 12 o'clock and be totally stoked. Like did not want to get up early, never wanted to get up early. Whereas Shiloh will wake me up at five in the morning and demand food and sometimes mm-hmm. at four. And I'm like, what are you nuts? Like he's, cause he's getting older. So he thinks, <laughs> so we're just like, he's like grandpa dog now. And so he's just like, <laughs> I wanted my, my meal at four. And I'm like, Aww. and I'll say, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll be like, no, it's not happening. No one's eating at four <laughs> in the morning right now. It's not going to happen. Um, but I, I do actually appreciate uh, Jen being such an early morning person because when I, because uh, when I'm up, when I get up at like three thirty or four, I'm up. There's no mm-hmm. going back. Um, I've I've already I'm in a Benadryl post Benadryl days, but I I am up. And it is nice to know that uh, if I post something on social media or whatever, I'm going to see you like. So then I'll immediately go, oh, she's up. And then I'll just text or whatever. Um, right. So there's been many mornings where I'm like, you know, I don't feel too alone. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, but you know, Mike, the opposite of that is Vanderbilt from the old. Oh, Halloween I know. Movies, because, you know, you'll be posting stuff and all of a sudden around 2 p.m. Because he works he works at a bar. So he yeah. does bar yeah. hours. 
And like you know, he's awake at like one p.m. We start oh, yeah. posting or liking stuff. Yeah, there have so. been a couple of times when I have texted or I have interacted with him on socials when he is um, about to go to bed and I have gotten up. For yeah, the day. sounds yeah. right. You know, Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, like on a Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Uh, some people just hate the mornings. I mean, Sammy really hates the morning. Like really? hates it. Yeah, she has. A, she talks about the smell, like the morning smell, <laughs> and. And how it like makes you sick or nauseous. Like if you go outside in the morning, it has like a, a certain smell. I mean, I love it because it's. I just, love it. It's, <laughs> it kicks me up. It wakes me up. It's yeah. freedom for me. But um, mm-hmm. I just there is some you know some people I have I've heard say that before where it's just like that morning that that early morning feel. Well, it's like the morning dew sometimes. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Although we don't get as much in Chicago, I guess. No, not really. Yeah. But I got more Mountain Dew, right? Yeah, uh, that's true. Oh, well, speaking well, of, speaking of old morning habits, I was gonna say, <laughs> what, what else did you add to that Mountain Dew? Oh uh, my God! When I moved to Chicago, every morning when I would go into the office, I would have a Mountain Dew, no, and ten Dunkin' what? Donuts Munchkins. Yeah. Oh what? my God! Every morning. You are a gamer boy. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> Without the exciting times of the games, but no, I, I actually haven't even had. I have not even had a Mountain Dew in I think eight years. That's great. And yeah. I have, I mean, listen, every once in a while I'll still get some munchkins, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, long story short, I'm not doing that <laughs> not, in the mornings not, not anymore. Good. Not good. My body, yeah, I could handle that. Yeah. 30 yeah. year old Justin could do it, but not anymore. I'm not sure your blood levels are like, please, for the love of God, <laughs> God stop. Yeah. Um, well, Justo, you know, not only uh, are you a morning guy, but you're a well-rounded guy, uh, at oh, least pop culture-wise. So I think that's why you should walk us through some of uh, King's latest wrecks that, have, uh, well, that we've compiled here. Mike, first of all, I appreciate that, but I will. Ha- I have to <laughs> warn everybody of all these recommendations. <laughs> I've heard of one of them. Yeah, yeah. But the others are total mysteries to me. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, first, uh, King on February 27th tweeted, The Consultant on Amazon Prime. Bentley Little is an incredibly good, incredibly sharp novelist who balances horror and social satire with a plum. This series is worthy of his talents. The way this is tweeted out, I thought that was the plot of the book. Yeah, the, I did show, too. <laughs> but that's just a description of the showrunner so that was that was wrong let me see here he definitely feels so, doesn't read like doesn't it read like he had set and like got that ready for a pull quote yeah. for them oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. sounds so like a is, blurb this is a series okay this is a, all right yeah starring bentley little never heard of it <laughs> he's a little consultant <laughs> no I, so i would say uh christoph waltz Mm. This is like he's the feature star in this because every I feel like every TV series now has to have some sort of like veteran star attached to it to like anchor it um, or some hunk or something. But Christoph Waltz, I will admit, was like a left field when I heard that he was going to be in a a TV series because I feel like he's kind of like he's got a weird career. I mean, he he Mm -hmm. hit late and then managed to get two Oscars in like the last 10 years or last 15 years, which is pretty fucking wild. I have not seen it. I don't know. I'm, I'm. I don't watch a lot of Amazon Prime shows, admittedly. I'll be I'll be quite honest with you. Um, there's I've one watched... I've watched recently. No, there's two, which I think we'll be talking about. Or did we skip? Maybe we were, maybe we went past that. I, I, there's a couple of shows I do watch on Amazon Prime that are not the consultant. Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord of the Rings. None. I've not watched Lord of the Rings. No, yeah. I've not. I've watched Swarm. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah. Which is very intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty good, I will say. Uh, the lead Dominique uh, Fishback, I think is her name, mm-hmm. is just incredible on the show, though, and it, it's really transparently about Beyonce Knowles fans. Really? Oh. Yeah, it's like transparent. It even says at the beginning, anything coen- there, there's no coincidence here. Everything is intentional. Da, 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 da. It's pretty interesting how they go because well, they're called it. yeah, like the the the, the beehive. beehive. I the beehive. They're called on the on the show too. <laughs> 
But I just assumed it was about killer wasps or something. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, and, uh, well, I'm suddenly more interested. <laughs> a lot of the people behind Atlanta are ah. also behind the show, too. I think Don Glover directed the first episode. But it's it's pretty. It's only seven episodes. It's a limited series, and it's done. And, and they all dropped at the same time, so binge it. It's out nice. there for you. I like he got your own little recommendation going on here. How about that? How about <laughs> that? Sorry. Yeah. Take it, Stephen. Uh, okay. Next up, March 21st. Boys in the Valley by Philip Fricassi. An isolated orphanage is infested by demons. Old school horror. I think there's a trade edition coming this summer, but there's a limited from Earthling Publications. Nice book. Check their website. Might still be one or two available. <laughs> uh, this has my attention. You know, I love demons and I love orphanages being isolated infested orphanages. by demons. Right. <laughs> yeah, especially isolated ones. No, but this sounds like this could be up my alley. Um, I guess according to the notes hurry. here that... There's one or two available. I know. Yeah, well, by now, this is a week old. Yeah, yeah. This week's gone, yeah. So it's here that the author of the award-winning story collection Beneath the Pale Sky, which received a starred review from Library Journal, was named Best Collection of the Year by some garbage magazine called Rue Morgue. Oh. Um, Shots fired. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's Rachel. And was a finalist for the, the Bram Stoker Award. So and Paul, everybody's favorite, Paul Trimbley, was also a fan of this. So Ooh. I might be interested in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. And I, Okay, this is a novel, right? Yeah. Not a show. Yes. Okay. There's yeah. an audio book. I'll read it. I, hey, there will be some audiobook uh, discussion soon. There so, will be. You know, keep that up. Um, you okay, got next one, up no. here. Yeah. Now, this is really up my alley. On March 26th, Late Night with the Devil. Ooh. I got a screener. It's absolutely brilliant. I couldn't take my eyes off it. Your results may vary, as they say, but I urge you to watch it when you can. This is directed and written by Colin Cairns and Cameron Cairns. I'm going to say they're related. Yeah, I think so. And I guess stars David Desmal. Das Malchian of the of the upcoming Boogeyman, he's been in the bunch. He's actually a Chicago actor. Yeah, with Das Malchian, yeah. a lot of theater. Around he, I feel like he's hitting it. He's having his moment right now. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, because so. remember seeing him in the Dark Knight. He's yeah. one of the the cop, the fake cops who's actually nuts and blah blah yeah, blah. He's kind of creepy. Guys from Chicago. Yeah, but listen to this plot. I got, I got an even longer plot. It sounds great. Here's a synopsis: October thirty first, nineteen seventy seven. Jack Delroy's syndicated talk show Night Owls has long been a trusted companion to insomniacs around the country. But a year on from the tragic death of Jack's wife, ratings have plummeted. Desperate to turn his fortunes around, Jack plans a Halloween special like no other, unaware he is about to unleash evil into the living rooms of America. Late Night with the Devil is the recently rediscovered recording of what went to air that fateful night. This sounds oh. like Ghostwatch. Yeah, it awesome. does. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Um, yeah. I yeah, this was at South by, so I'm I'm sure that it's going to be out sometime later this year. Because uh, I'm, you know, especially when he gets King the King bump, everyone, all the, I feel like all the distributors are probably gonna be like, ah, I, I want to gobble this up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I should note that Dallas Malchian, um, you know, he's he's also, you know, he's gonna be in the Boogeyman this year. He came, he was like shouting out that one and saying like that was the scariest movie he's seen in a very long time, which makes wow. me wonder, um, is he snubbing <laughs> Late Night with the Devil because he's also mm. in that horror movie too? Hello. So it's like, you know, which one's the scariest, David? You know, what's, mm. you know, is it this one or that one? This sounds fucking awesome. I this this sounds right up my alley because it does sound also like very found footage-ish too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And seventies too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It also reminds me when they tried to bring Maud Flanders back in a segment of Treehouse of Terror. Oh God. <laughs> oh <laughs> Lord. Which was great. One of the best openings. So you know. Did they um? 
did any of you see WNUF Halloween special? I still yes. haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cute. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. it's not as effective as Ghost Watch, but it's got it feels like it's in that vein also for this. Where yeah, um, I don't know. Interesting. I think they're I, making I, a follow up to that too, aren't they? Yeah, the WNUF special. Yeah, yeah. I think it's on Shutter. As a matter of fact, I have a lot. Of, I'm, I'm thinking, did, yeah, but I'm thinking I'm right. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure you're right. I think so. It's just the team behind it. And I think it's an anthology scare package or mm. what happens next will scare you. And I did like it. It was good. Cool. Hmm. I mean, I'm always a sucker for Halloween movies too, especially oh, when they're I mean, like yeah, period, you know? Yeah. So oh. this sounds fun. Speaking of things people likes, Stephen King, April <laughs> yeah. 1st. <laughs> All that is mine I carry with me by William Landay. A wonderful, well-written novel that crackles with suspense. It's by the man who wrote Defending Jacob, which I think you can still find as a limited series on Apple Plus. Both are worth your time. Well, you lost me on the latter, um, yeah. Defending Jacob. That looked pretty not great. Anybody heard of these? I have not. Or specifically I, the first I one? I haven't. Nope. I've, heard, I've heard of Defending Your Life. But, uh, what, what, yeah, what and Jacob's the, Ladder. Yeah, yeah and see. Jacob's Ladder. So maybe it's a combination <laughs> of those. What, what, was, what, 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 uh, what turned you off? It was some like soap opera looking lawyer show, like limited series with Chris um, Chris Klein and somebody else. I don't know. Didn't with Chris well. Klein? <laughs> now, who is of it? a pie Chris, thing? Oh, Chris not Pine. Chris Pratt, not Chris Klein, not Chris Pine. Chris, Chris who's Dowd? The, who's Captain America? Oh, Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yeah. He's in it. Chris oh, Evans in it. but hmm. like a, a bearded Chris Evans, yeah. like a scruffier. I mean, I'll... I'm down for that. I Does anybody believe... feel like the amount of series that are out there is just starting to feel like, you it's know, like much. on Seinfeld, Seinfeld uh-huh. when they like say a movie and it's like Death Blow or something. Yeah. Like yep. it's just like, <laughs> right. it's just like <laughs> words like put together. And it's Blame like, it I on the rain. I Blame couldn't it. tell you if it's a real movie or sack lunch. Like, I can't. Exactly. I gotta, how do they get out of the bag? Uh, <laughs> Shunnel. Shunnel. Um, I can't believe the three of you haven't Rochelle, read I mean, listen, it's, it's a Rochelle, it's Rochelle, a, that's what I was trying to think of. It's a novel that crackles with suspense and nobody here's read it, but you know, right. well, how about that? Um, well, this guy is a Boston guy, so that's probably how he got Chris I'm sure. Evans involved. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's probably how he got King on the Radar, you know? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did so. you know, fun fact, I think Mike Rothman came up with this fun fact. The author, William Landay, once served for seven years as the assistant district attorney <laughs> in Middlesex County, Massachusetts. Wow. What a cool fact. I had fun. never heard that before. Um <laughs> I don't even know why I added that to the script. Like I, I was just like, like, what the fuck was the point? It's because he's got real world experience. He's yeah, a, yes. he's a, a modern day John Grisham. You know, he's a real, he's a real deal Massachusettsian, as I call them. Massachusettsian. Yep. You know, I'm gonna absolutely, gonna go with. I'm gonna fucking yep, lose it, if it, if it if it turns out that's like a different William Landay, and like we're just oh, like yeah. talking about this random person who like worked for the you know the government and everything. <laughs> we'll um, give this guy a bump. He's gonna get reelected again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's him. That's him. The he loses club bump. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's he because it says his third novel, Defending Jacob. So who knows? Oh. Mm, yeah, that's a hard pass on Defending <laughs> Jacob, though. Well, you, you watch the trailer to that. You tell me if you want to sit down, and watch six episodes of that, and get back to me. Better like or a... <laughs> worse than Fundamentals of Care. Starring, uh, well, the fundamentals of caring, starring the great Paul Rudd, who I do love, is yeah. one of the, the worst movies I've seen in the yeah. uh, film festival. It's pretty rough. Oh, wow. I so yeah, we saw that at Sundance, and I um, basically peed my pants laughing. My oh, but here's something we can audience. do here. Yeah, let's see how many people are listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. Go to IMDb, <laughs> and go to the trivia for Fundamentals of Caring. <laughs> Scroll to the very bottom, and there's a tweet. I mean, there's a there's a, a tweet. The trivia that says. 
Paul Rudd said it was cool work with Selena Gomez. <laughs> and make sure you you give it a what? thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, give it a thumbs up. Give it a thumbs up. That's exactly how it's worded. I'm not saying that I put it in there and they accepted it years ago and I did it again last week and they accepted it again. But please give it a thumbs up. We want to make sure that people like that that piece of trivia. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. It's well, helpful. I found it helpful. Since we're talking about that, that absolutely meaningless movie, um, it, it, that movie stars Craig Roberts. And I will say, feel bad in hindsight because uh and actually i even feel bad now because i just said i, I don't watch a lot of amazon shows and i'm literally re-watching red oaks um because it's comfort food for you know for for a variety of reasons and i'd watched adventureland over the weekend and i was and i always get depressed when the movie ends and i was like what can i watch that's just that's similar to this that's not just a movie oh red oaks and craig roberts is great in it and i feel like he should have had a better you know bigger career and then I think, oh, he was in the fundamental securing. So that that that's you know that that now I hate the movie even more. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm glad we gave all like at least four minutes to this fucking <laughs> inane. Movie. It'll be worth it if I go on there tomorrow or in a couple of days and I see like 600 likes or oh something like God. that for I my trivia fact. This, that, that, that was a great idea, by the way. Um, or like start re- trending exactly <laughs> not enough people are talking about how yeah. the fundamentals of caring is the best movie it's about underrated caring. Yeah. paul yeah. rudd said it was cool work so, with selena gomez yeah the like renaissance song <laughs> you know let's the, hear it. Let's well, see i want to get it if we get it in the netflix algorithm then we'll know that we really made it because uh as i mm. if i recall <laughs> last weekend mad mel's movie dragged across concrete was in the top 10 so i thought that was like well anything's possible at this point so i should go into that you know, trivia page and put vince but, vaughn said it was cool work with Mel Gibson <laughs> just put it on every fucking movie that you watch now like once you log into Letterboxd also log into IMDB and put that uh, fact with the two co-stars uh, just anyway, a troll I digress just an absolute troll uh, this Justin, is- I have to tell you I was trying to find that and accidentally went to Wikipedia instead of IMDB you can put it in Wikipedia also that would be pretty great um, Produ- although they're- production notes or reception god <laughs> All right, uh, listen. Uh, get us out of here, Rachel. Uh, yeah. I don't think, honestly, there there's a more fitting couple of tweets for you than mm. the next two. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So let's talk music. Let's uh, switch yeah. gears here. Uh, so on March fourth, King said, "Best soul song from back in the day?" Question mark. Maybe "Got to Give It Up" by Marvin Gaye. Sweet soul music by Arthur Conley. Rock your baby, or is it "When a Man Loves a Woman" by Percy Sledge, or anything by Al Green? And then, a few minutes later, Aretha maybe, Gladys Knight, Donna Summer. Is that soul or disco? Does it even matter? <laughs> a lot of questions. I know. <laughs> it's pretty existential, doesn't it? There, that, those, no, uh, yeah. Not, almost. Ah. That's that, the next one. <laughs> that whole run of tweets like reminded me of uh, the scene in Billy Madison when like the, the old woman's like uh, leading everyone across like the farm. And she's just like, is anyone listening to me? She's <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> Um, I, what, are, what are your thoughts here in these choices, Rachel? You, is, where, would any of these songs rank for you high uh, for mean, this genre? I mean, there's not necessarily, I mean, you know, there's probably a wrong answer, but there's these are all good picks. I mm. personally love a lot of like 70s soul stuff, so I mm-hmm. might go more with like, you know, a Bill Withers or, you know, Ann Peebles or something, but these are fine. I also, you know, soul or disco. There's a lot of crossover there. So, no, I'm going to say, King, it doesn't even matter if it's solar disco. It's just all semantics. But 
Yeah. Mm. I mean, I just, yeah, I love I Can't Stand the Rain. So that might be like mm. my pick. And there's a bunch of different versions of it too, which is which is cool. But yeah. I just, it's so funny when he does stuff like this because it's like, it's just, you know, what's going through his head? Like, why did that come <laughs> up? And it's like, like did, did Tabby go out for groceries? You couldn't have just <laughs> right. had this conversation yeah. with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> It's I like love when, these tweets though because it's so much better than like um, you know something something Trump something something yeah. you know like because it gets some the of the king of lies yeah or like it's like you know uh, well he actually you know the Republicans they don't care if you treat on your way anyway we're gonna, we're not going on that road but oh, I do appreciate these tweets because they they do feel. I, I love when he talks about music because he, you could mm. tell he just absolute that that's his second love after writing. Mm-hmm. I feel like so. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it gets people like talking about it or listening to it. Like how yeah. many people that are following him that maybe haven't heard those songs necessarily. Yeah. And yeah. so like I'm, you know, I love that. It's the same thing when he's talking about a book or a weird Amazon Prime series that nobody's heard of. Like people are going to talk about it or check it out. So I'm actually I'm second screening the consultant right now <laughs> right. during this recording. <laughs> Fired it up. Oh my god, Christoph's got it again. Um it fills the screen. Jesus. Um I, I do I wonder if he's got a Spotify bump in him, you know? Like you know, he obviously yeah. makes books sell. He helps, mm-hmm. you know, films get sold and, you know, tickets sold. Can he do it for Spotify? Is 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 Percy Sledge going to get a bump because of Stephen King of the last month? They're going to get a know. huge bump. They're going to make an extra 75 cents next year off yeah. of that mm-hmm. from all no. of those extra streams. Oh, that's I mean, true. Look, well, Spotify folks, pays its artists really well. So. I've heard of when a man loves a woman, but when the king loves a Percy. Oh, this is unbelievable. <laughs> oh my God. And not oh, Percy wow. from the Green Mile. Oh. I should make that perfectly clear. Yeah. I mean, I bet Michael Bolton would probably get a bump from that, too. He Which could. is payback yeah. from when King smeared him in cell. Oh, that is true. There was yeah. a lot of anti-Bolton talk. Yeah, in Bolton's kind of, he's all right. I mean, my he's my dad fine. had the greatest hits, and I think I got through one of them. Uh, well, you know what they say: okay. love is a wonderful thing. That's true. It is, yeah. And so Michael Keeps Bolton you smiling through the pouring rain. Remember when Michael Bolton was like a meme for about three months, and it, I just it became old within twenty four hours, but everyone kept doing it over and over again, including oh, it's a Lonely Island. Yeah, yeah. It's like all right, it's enough. Yeah. Let's. And they, and I did think Netflix the Valentine's Day special is pretty funny. The, the there one was some Scott that directed. Actually, yeah, that's yeah, actually not bad. I like her. I like Ackerman. <laughs> uh, what about you, though, Justin? I know you love. I mean, I've been to multiple weddings with you, and I feel like when the soul hits the dance floor, uh, so does Jeff. Though. <laughs> well, I mean, I always <laughs> say it's not. It doesn't get soulful until I hit the dance floor. That's true. That's yeah, the soul man over here. It's the forefront of everybody's mind. Uh, he he mentioned Al Green. I think "Let's Stay Together" is an all timer. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think Roberta Flack's version of "First Time I Ever I Saw Your Face" is is incredible. Yeah. Sam Cooke bringing on home to me. I mean, look, we could sit here all night, and we yeah. as we've been wont to do, and just talk about <laughs> song titles. But I know there's a lot of good ones out there, folks. Go check them out on. on Apple Music. On Apple Music. Not a sponsor. Oh, not Spotify at all. And definitely not. No, I, well, I'm personally sponsored by Apple Music. I, for, I forgot to tell you that. So, Well, I think I think Aretha Franklin and Donna Summer would appreciate it if you went to their band camps instead of uh, Spotify. <laughs> yeah. I think Donna Summer. <laughs> yeah. Starting up. You know what? I'm not... I'm not satisfied yet. Let's fire this up. Let me, let me upload all my gold records to this uh, archaic company. Or at least I'd, her estate would be, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Jen, what about you? Soul Songs. Um, Well, as the person with the cheesiest taste of music on this podcast, most of my soul knowledge comes from the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. So I'm a big fan of um, Cry to Me, Solomon Burke, and Otis Redding, and, Hmm. you know, so good stuff. I... I'll admit something that I I did. It was it was lame, but I I replied to King's tweet, and I said uh, something like "too late to turn back now." 
which is the Cornelius Brothers. I love that song. It's Sammy and I's song. But I also have a theory that it's King and Tabby's song because it's popped up multiple times in his works. And it's the song of Scott and Lisey's from uh, I didn't know that, Mike. So that must have been surreal watching that show, having it be yours and Sammy's song and then hearing that. That's pretty great. Well, and I didn't even get it from King. I got it because the the week that I had uh, met Sammy, I had seen Black Klansman and that's a big song (laughs) that's in it. Yeah. And no, (laughs) that's a really weird association. (laughs) By the way, one of my favorites from Scott Bikley. I fucking love that movie. But like I, uh, and Driver's exceptional in that movie, Mm -hmm. you know, but um, I, that, that song was a big part of it. Um, And I, I just, it was in my head all week. And so that's where it came from. But Mm. I thought that uh, a lot of people agreed. So, hey, I wasn't alone in that one. Jen, you know, you're, you're not only into soul music, but I know you're a linguist. <laughs> so why don't you take the next tweet? <laughs> All right. So King has some thoughts on some words. So on <laughs> March 16th, 1059, he wrote, add existential as an existential threat. Look, existential threat. See, it's hard to say. So I agree with you, King. To the terms that should be retired, no one knows what the fuck it means. <laughs> Which I will challenge that. I think I was gonna it's say. not, it's, I mean, it's, I think a lot of us know what it means. I think it's just that it's overused and it has maybe lost its meaning now, mm. you know? But yeah. I will say he tweeted a couple of years ago about like for a long moment and oh, yeah. at the mm-hmm. end of the day. And those, every time I hear them in a book or I read them, I think King would hate that. So, because then people remember we would find them in mm-hmm. books and highlight mm-hmm. them and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now existential is going to be on my radar as a King hater word yeah. also. I mean, he knows what he's doing when he does that because when he said, you know, those phrases, there's no way he didn't think, oh, my rabid constant li- like constant readers are absolutely going to go and search these in my books and point them out, which is funny. I mean, I think he actually followed up on that later on down the road and yeah. was like, yeah, you know, okay. I guess I we all it, make yeah. these mistakes. I, I, I saw the follow-up tweet was, what's the deal with the Supreme Court? Oh, man. <laughs> As an existential threat. I do wonder if maybe he writes these kind of things after he's done editing, because sometimes I'll read through mine and I'll notice I've used the same word like 5,000 oh, yeah. times. Yeah. Like yep. explore is a big one for me. So I wonder if he just was like, man, I got to stop using existential. Or some I weird mean, editors note that like, this doesn't make sense. And he's like, exactly. yeah, nobody knows God. what the fuck it means. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. The looking out for doubling words and keeping all these mental notes in my head is uh, why I don't write anymore because I would just sit there for three hours rewriting paragraphs over and over again. So I'm not sure if this is (laughs) word hippo best site ever. Microsoft Word has updated recently, at least the one I use at work, where instead of instead of just having spell check, it'll give you like editor's mode. Oh, nice. And it'll recommend different ways of using sentences. And at the end, it'll kind of grade your work. Oh, which is pretty wild. Which is cl- uh, like Clippy so pop go. up, and it's just like, all right, the Clippy's like, I'm this. still here. Hey, all right. still Can I suggest a synonym for? It's like this is the 98. This ending's not so guy. good. Uh, you know, once you go back to the paragraph three. Any other thoughts on uh, existential threat? No, I got some other. I got another word you can get rid of. Oh, which one? Coalesce. Hmm. Ah. What if, nobody we, knows what the fuck it means. Well, it's just like just say formed or combined. Why are we using coalesce? Mm. We're trying to act like we're smart. Come on, just say formed or combined. (laughs) Let's go. Someone, someone responded to one of the social posts I made for Halloweenies. I think it was the first post I did for the the screen mailbag, 
and I, I said something cringe and someone's like, someone retire this word. And I was like, you know what? I agree with you. I'm done with it. Like <laughs> I'm done with the word cringe also. I, I kudos to you. Um, You've got cringe, the, the, the jersey hanging in the banners. Yeah. Right just, it's just like, get out of here. Uh, right next to eight, Jordan's eight jerseys or whatever from uh, it's up in the United Center. Um, <laughs> speaking of the, the great or the goat, uh, mm. Justin, you're easily the, the resident wirehead here. So why don't you take us way down to the hole uh, or down the hole, as I should say. And give sure. Sweets. Stephen King will have a, a slew of tweets regarding the wire. HBO's the wire. On March 13th, a couple days worth of, yeah, of tweets it, actually he's gone spread for, over he's two or three weeks. He's involved in this show yeah. right now. Yeah. Okay. So he wrote, I'll just, I'll run through these. I have set the new streaming stuff aside to watch, to rewatch The Wire. It hasn't aged a day. Still the series by which other streaming dramas are judged. Halfway through rewatching The Wire comes the news that Lance Reddick has died at the horribly unfair age of 60. Mm-hmm. Wonderful actor. Wonderful man. This is sad news. And then the first season of The Wire. No music telling me how to feel. I love that. The last episode ends with a song montage and that's it. True. Yeah. I would agree with everything he says here. I think yeah, it's, uh, cause I rewatched it during the pandemic, AKA 2020. I should be specific. And, um, cause I hadn't seen this since his first run and I do think it's still the best show. Oh, so you thought it was better than Stan 2020 on CBS All Access? <laughs> well, I had to, that's why I had to go back because I was challenging myself. Uh, like, well, yeah. this is coming up. This is going to be the best. So yeah. until then, I gotta yeah. maybe I should rewatch The Wire again to make sure it's better than <laughs> CBS All Access's The Stand. Like, I, yeah. I did love it though. Even the rewatch uh, really held up. I try to watch one a week, and it's a pretty incredible show. And yeah, the Lance Reddick news was really shocking. It's sad. Uh, it's very sad. Mm-hmm. I loved him on The Wire. I also loved him on Fringe. He was yes, also on, Fringe mm-hmm. is good. He was just a good captain on TV shows. Mm-hmm. He was just, he just had that presence about him. Like you would listen to him with whatever. And by all counts, a great guy. It's just yeah. really really also, sad. Also, like, really fit. So it's fit like it's just proof oh again. God, like it's like you never know in this world. Like I mean, like the whole joke is like, I mean, it is kind of an on-screen joke in The Wire when you see him naked and he's just fucking ripped, right? Like, yeah, because he, he's, he's supposed the desk to be like an time. old man, right? Yeah, like he's like his character is supposed but to be th- like considered older. Right? What's What's crazy to think about is I think he was younger than oh, here than at least three of the people on this podcast <laughs> in the first season of The Wire. I think he was like <laughs> forty, right? <laughs> yeah, not even. <laughs> All right, now am I older or oh younger God. than McNulty is Dominic West in the first season? Or oh, the you're set, older. Okay. I'm older? Yeah. I'll double <laughs> oh check, but I'm God. pretty sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. God, all the Jameson that I've drunk uh, has aged me um, at this point. Uh, I, I, I love McNulty. Wow, what a shocker. Uh, a white guy watching The Wire loves McNulty. But I... <laughs> I, he was only 32 years old. Oh the my of the wire. God. I was Baby. older than him when I watched the fucking show finally. <laughs> like, How about this? Um, you're older than him than he was when the show ended. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> That's Keep enough. going. That's enough. How about this? I'm, we're, we're all older than the three guys from Full House were at the final season of Full House. Okay. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. They have like teenagers. Like I'm, Uncle, well, yeah, Uncle Jesse? Young. Yeah, oh, no, the, the whole gang. The whole gang? The whole gang. Oh, uh, hmm. God. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Rachel, not you. Only the only the other people on this. <laughs> right. Actually, you're safe. Thank you. All right. You're sorry. Michelle's age. <laughs> thank you. I take that back. I was definitely as old as the twins from Full House when I finally watched The Wire. Um, I it was before I turned thirty for sure. So uh, I have not gone back and rewatched the show. I need oh, to. It's great. I've been waiting because we've been doing a rewatch of The Sopranos very slowly. 
Um, mostly, I do want to go back and rewatch Sopranos. It's been good. Not rewatched. It's been a good yeah. rewatch. It's been, um, it's been a long time. I had to put it on pause because we were ordering too much pasta. I, I, I'm not even joking. <laughs> that is a legit. Yeah, thing that was happening. The gabagool. We were getting some gabagool, and uh, I was getting some garlic bread, and getting a little too uh, too weighty around the the, the fence. I was not happy, so we put it on pause. But um, I'm just dying to go back to this. I, I still listen to like the Spotify playlist for The Wire. Like mm. just listening to the songs off it. I mean, I know he's talking about like, you know, the last episode ending with uh with no song montage and stuff. I, I just I I love the idea. I love some of the needle drops in this show. Great um, Steve Earl all over oh, that man. show too. That yeah, yeah. It's great stuff. Anyone else here? Wireheads? I've never seen no. a single episode. Oh, oh my oh. God. So we, I was thinking about, because I've been looking for a new show to binge, and I was like, is either going to be The Wire or Gossip Girl? So I guess maybe it'll <laughs> quite do the rest. You know. <laughs> yeah. Especially now that I know there's going to be a naked Lance Reddick. And Two I sides of the same coin. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, one will be a palate cleanser maybe. Um, but he was also great in Resident Evil. That wasn't the best oh, yeah. show, but he was great in it, especially there's one scene where he goes to the Olive Garden, which just cracked me up. Oh wait, in Resident Deadpan Evil? delivery. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's worth John watching. Wick. <laughs> John Wick, all over John Wick. Is he in I haven't seen John Wick yet. Has seen yeah. John Wick. Has seen Mr. Wick four? Who's who's seen Wick four? I haven't seen it yet. I'm dying to though. No. I keep hearing it's the best one, so I need to check uh, it out. And it's nine thousand hours long. I know, I can't of no, that's that's the controversy for me. That's what makes it so great. I saw the first one and I was like, man, this is a fun rental. I'm never gonna watch this again. And then it became what? A it became a franchise. I love yeah. it. Uh, I, mean, I, I, need I think the first it. one's good. I think the second one's pretty good. And the third one is just, there's so the much more. Right? It's just like, yeah. let's keep going here. Keep shooting people in the head. I'm done with this coins and <laughs> and I'm the Inquisitor or whatever the hell is going on. Let's go. I, I, I feel sad. Hug your dog. Like, didn't, Re- like, Reddick was supposed to be part of that spinoff show that never happened, too. Yeah. Um, That's still happening, apparently, too. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, look, this next one needs some more, some context, so I'm going to take it. <laughs> March 23rd. King tweeted, "Plane with Gerard Butler, authentic <laughs> fright or flight material." Now, there's a reason why he said that, um, and it's because Bev Vincent, our, our pal Bev Vincent, who's been on the show multiple times, he replied to also a fellow fan of the or fellow of the show, Richard Chismar, who had tweeted, "Where can I watch the new Children of the Corn?" And uh, Bev Vincent said, um, "I'm not sure that's a great idea." <laughs> So Ooh. now you have the context. So technically, this is a snub from King. This is a snub Thank from King you. from the 2023 Children of the Corn, where he recommends an incredible movie, one of my favorite films of the year. I'm not wow. joking. That is not tongue in cheek. I this is my fucking favorite type of movie. It's just those I can just uncheck everything out of the world and enjoy a survival, a slice of survival action. And I'm not even a huge Gerard Butler fan. I think I've seen like two movies of his. Mm-hmm. I just devoured Plane. I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, and so, hey, I'd love to talk Plane sometime. Stephen, if you're still listening to this podcast and you don't hate <laughs> us, um, get back on here. Let's talk Plane. I'm, I'm wondering what's going on. You know, are they going to make a sequel? I'm excited. Anyway, they are. No, they're making one. Isn't it like about? And it's going to be on a ship. Oh, I think it's. Col- I, oh, yeah, no. it's, I think it's because it's supposed to be about Mike Coulter. I think um, that who's oh, yeah. incredible in the movie. Also, like the two of them are pretty great it's it's an ultimate friday rental so you get my stamp of approval here also uh but then again i was not as negative on children of the corn so what do i know usually stevie waits about 10 years before he really starts to come down hard yeah or maybe a year or two for him to well, already be coming down hard 
they shot it a while ago. So I guess that's you know, what he's, he's been yeah. sitting on this this dig, just waiting. <laughs> right. I mean, he's absolutely right. The movie's it's it's terrible. better than I was expecting. It's got a it's got some fun. Ugh. Yeah, I, I mean, I I've seen it. people say it's like the worst movie they've ever seen, and I'm like, no, yeah, no, like, no. I can, I can you name... haven't seen enough movies. Then. Exactly. <laughs> right. I can name. I could probably name 300 movies worse than that. Oh yeah. Oh same. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say I'm worried about Plane Two being on a boat because that's what took Speed down. Yeah, it did. And, um, yes, but they had to. They were. They had to <laughs> adhere to the rule of speed. Yeah. Where it's just so time, insane. There is no speed involved. Do whatever no. you want to do uh, on, okay, this, on this ship. You know. If they just call it ship, that'd be cool. Like like apostrophe ship. Yeah. <laughs> like plane colon ship. Makes like no like sense. This. Or ship, uh, uh, colon, a, a plane, plane story. Movie. Yeah, a plane story. <laughs> From the book of plane? <laughs> From the book of plane. Oh my God, a plane story. Hey, movie. I'd watch yes. it. That's God, we, we, we right. have just reached the bottom in terms of IP and uh, pop culture at this point, if that's what happens. Mm. Um, oh, let me just sure make another movie with the two of them. They were great yeah. together. Butler's made some weird choices. Like I did yes. not. I'm going to be honest. Did not see his career necessarily going the way that it has. But yeah. I kind of admire it almost. Yeah. Like, was it? Oh no, that was Russell. Russell Crowe is the same way. I think has also yeah. They looked yeah. the same. Sim- and they made some, well, and made yeah. some similarly like interesting choices. Like, we're yeah. both in musicals. It was weird for a little bit. Well, now yeah, weird action like, doing movies and B stuff. You know? Russell Crowe's in the meme movie, uh, The Pope's Exorcist, which is, uh, yeah, <laughs> can't wait. Pope's Exorcist. Apparently, yeah. The Pope's Sorry. Exorcist made a, an, an appearance at a WrestleMania the other night and introduced What? No, that's The Undertaker. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was Russell Crowe as The the Pope's Exorcist. That's okay, actually what? introducing. I, okay, that makes I'm me more kidding. excited to I see guess the movie. I so weird. It's based on a true story, too, which is even crazier. Yeah, you pointed, out some, yeah you pointed out some interesting oh, things sure that uh, takes yeah, down the, the old Billy Freakin. Um, tough take. Tough take. Uh, not a tough joke, though, that's going to wrap mm. us up. Jen, take our last tweet. All right. This is this is more my style. Okay, so on April 3rd, today. 2023. Is that today? Yeah. Yes, it is it. today. 11:13 a.m. There's a reason crabs never share. They're shellfish. Oh my god. <laughs> I had to read this like 5 times. <laughs> I'm not being I'm not joking around. Maybe I was tired. It was after lunch. So I was kind of woozy, but I was like, Wait, what? I That's you actually gold, you, man. You I left out it. my favorite tweet of the month. Oh, what was when that? He said on March 23rd he said, "I wonder who invented stairs." I bet it was a long time ago, right? <laughs> no way. <laughs> No way. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I'm wow. You, Tabby, you gotta see. You gotta make sure he's writing from ten to four. I mean, this is I, this cannot. Because that's I not even a joke. That's just a, a deep <laughs> thought, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a deep thought. Yeah. That sounds like a deep thought from SNL. It uh-huh. does exactly. Yeah. It's, oh, that's, and that's the comments funny. though, like you have to read all the comments too, and it's just like oh, you know, like the internet sucks. Like, but mm. there's moments where it's like, okay, this was. This was fun. <laughs> yeah, you get like Brad's wife from Cracker Barrel. That's a good one too. It's like well, what you were saying, Mike. I I far prefer just Ernest King. Yeah. With these, you know, thoughts. Give give <laughs> this me what Twitter was designed for. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Irreverent meditations are my favorite parts of of social media. Is absolutely. when you just get like these things. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> and some most of mine come from when I'm like at least buzzed or decidedly 
tipsy or let's just be honest, drunk. And it'll be a week weekend, a weeknight, uh, or not a, not a weeknight, a weekend. <laughs> and um, I'll just, you know, we'll be out or something. It'll be like two or three in the morning and I'm like feeling good. And I'm like, you know what? And then I'll just put something on Twitter and then the next day I'll read it and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you idiot. Um, I'm not a fan of shellfish because I'll die from, from eating it, um, oh, which well, is, which I'll is kind it. of a problem. <laughs> this is kind of a yeah. problem, um, yeah. because we're going to a place that has got plenty of it. We're going to Hollywood King. There's a town on the coast of Del Sol, always find my way there. There's a place that the calls to my soul, always find my way there. People there are forever young, forever young. And they toast to each other's love each and every night. Here in Hollywood King, we're going to go over the latest headlines involving, uh, who, um, Chris Evans? No, <laughs> Stephen King. Chris Klein. Yeah, Chris Klein. Uh, Chris Klein. I love that. The, five the most times Chris Klein has been mentioned on a podcast in what, like five years? Unless someone's doing American Pie. To quote Street Reboots. Fighter, The Legend of uh, Shang-Chi. This guy yes. watched the raindrops. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Klein, sad. It's sad because he's. You know, I'm sure he's he's got more money than us. Go look fine. up his net worth. Well, yeah, he's probably fine. you, you go into this, and I'll look up his net okay. worth. Okay, so I have to say that we have not done a Hollywood King episode in, in quite some time. It's, it hasn't been since uh, Cupid's month of uh, February. Uh, so apologies if uh, a few of these stories have uh, collected some dust. Um, but our thoughts, though. They're going to be brand new. So that, 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 that's all that matters. Um, we're going to dive right in. I'm going to go to the oldest story. I'll take the oldest story because it's not a really great story anyway. Um, Billy Summers, the movie. Yes, the movie. Um, mm. Because, uh, you know, back in February, I told you they're old, it was reported that Billy Summers would now be a feature that's going to be produced by J.J. Abrams, uh, his Bad Robot label, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's Appian Way, which is the, the curveball here. Um, mm. And if you recall... This was supposed to be a 10 episode series. So my question, is this a smart change? And perhaps maybe an opportunity to trim some of the fat of the novel. And I'm talking specifically um, the Italian mobster stuff <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> that's a little gabagool. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Because I, I like the book. I, I gave it the high marks on Bloody Assessing and on this podcast. And you can listen to the book episode of it um, in our Patreon, the, the Barons. Jen. Do you think this is a smart change or are you upset that you're not going to get 10 episodes of what could possibly be a Skarsgård-led show? Because you don't Ooh. know. It could have been Alexander Skarsgård as Billy Summers. You don't know. That's so. true. Hey, I would watch 10 episodes of that. I would say with any other actor except maybe Bill Skarsgård. I would say <laughs> I, I, I feel like the book is episodic in nature like it segments mm -hmm. well but like i don't think i would watch more than four episodes like i think four episodes would be a sweet spot so yeah if you just cut out some of the the framing a little bit i think there's fat to trim off of the book and you could make a pretty solid two-hour feature rachel you read uh billy summers yeah i think that i i agree that it is a good opportunity I'm curious if they will seize that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. They'll cut you know? out the right stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. 1122 cut out the stuff that I liked. I was mad. I also what? just like, I don't know like how, like the reception was. I know the reception was like fine, but also does it have enough of an audience to be a 10 episode series? You know what I mean? Like I'm not necessarily sure like somebody's going to see Billy Summers and tune into that. I don't know. I, how many I mean, episodes was Lisey's story? 
six, seven, eight, seven, I think. I think six it, or seven, seven or eight, because we did or four eight, episodes yeah. and we batched them into. Wow. Yeah, but there was yeah. Some, like so much more time with that for like. Yeah. Also had a really good score too. So like, yeah, yeah. We Pablo Lorraine's really nice visionary. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I, but to that to that, that point, Rich, I, I I do wonder if even a feature film is sellable. I mean, Stephen King, obviously. Yeah. I guess it's really going to depend on the star, but yeah. uh, I don't know, Justin. You were fairly critical of the book. I know that. So, yeah. what are you? What are your thoughts? Well, on I this? don't know how you do it as a movie if the whole, from what I thought that the book, the whole design of the book was the the conceit of the the writing of the story, the, the interstitials, mm-hmm. right, of him mm-hmm. alternately writing the story and the action playing out. I don't. I didn't think it worked at all, especially at the end, at, at all. So I don't know. If you trim that, if you get rid of that, then it really is just a basic hitman story it's done true. with a heart of gold. You know, yeah. that's yeah. what but, it's going to be. Just <laughs> yeah, it's it's well, oh, yeah. it is just Barry. Yeah, it's it's the maybe that's why they're not doing yeah. the the series. Could be. Yeah, yeah. I I'm very curious about this because I, I didn't know that they were. I knew that it, that the option had been picked up. But I did not know about this being made into a movie instead. But Do is it going to so, be like theater, or is it going to be like? You know, who knows anymore? I mean, streaming a Hulu originals mm. movie. Or I mean, something. It, probably that. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, I feel like most yeah. of the bad, ro- like the bad robot output, gets put on streamers. At least, yeah. you know, non Cloverfield entries and not yeah. Super Eight. Um, Wasn't Lucy's story a bad robot? Yeah, I think so. Actually, so, so maybe another, maybe maybe this would be Apple. Apple. Maybe it could be Apple. Yeah, I mean, if they can get to the quality that Lucy's story had, mm. yeah, they could certainly elevate this to that point. Do we think uh, Leo is going to be the, the the titular sniper? Oh God! Well, <laughs> the thing is, he only works with prestige directors. So who's yeah. the prestige director? Marty. I was going to say Scorsese, <laughs> obviously. I can actually. I can. I don't know. I can I see. Can't. I can't see him saying this, but I could see him doing the story. What? I guess he's saying. Well, how about we do this instead? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, like, no, okay. seriously. Maybe he could elevate the. Uh, you know, I know all the horror fans love that word. Um, maybe he could elevate the 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 mob movie within it. You know, um, bring yeah. in. You know, bring. Oh in my gosh! Boys. What if he? If Marty does do? It? I know. Like De Niro back for round four. Yeah, for the, they for de-age the him. You get you get Pacino in there. He's like, I can't get this guy Billy Summers off my ass. You know, it's just. Like, <laughs> what are you, Billy? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Uh, I'm trying to think of who got it it's been almost two years since this book came out but there's one character that he's friends with that Mm -hmm. in the beginning that I'm I'm just thinking of like Al Pacino is him now and I wish I remember some of the lines but Mm. I actually want Marty Scorsese or to, to to do this movie with Leo. Oh my God, this would, that, this would be my dream. It's going to be a Stephen four King hour right cut of Billy Hi, Summers. Oh my God. If, if Martin Scorsese's last movie is the adaptation <laughs> of Billy Summers, that will be very, that'll be like Orson Welles' last movie was Transformers the movie. You know, it's just, I know Tra- people like that. It's, but it's, it's Ray Liotta's wow. last movie is Cocaine Bear. Yeah, that is yeah. true. Hey, look, well, you know, yeah. hey. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, De Niro's last movie, you know? God, incredibly depressing. Do, you know. I feel like we're jinxing a whole lot of people. I know. This is awful. This is just not good. Um, the last paragraph. Mr. Scorsese's last film, Billy Summers, for Hulu. Uh, set to be, set to uh, roll out later this year. You know, Can because, you imagine the ending be like, for Marty? For Marty. <laughs> what, what, what if, because you know this sometimes happens with Oscar, 
um they it actually gets like a best picture nom and like oh, you know best oh director gosh. billy summers because like the uh, organization's not garbage enough now this is gonna i know be for best picture uh yeah. lord here we go um maybe it'll be good i liked the book if they lean I did into too. the alice stuff yeah what if they like get, the last of us you know get isabel Furman to come back as alice yes mm. yes you know that'd be awesome that'd be kind of fun um jen take the next story all right. Um, oh, yes, this is mine. Okay, so we have a Holly audiobook coming. Last month, it was confirmed that Justine Loop, is it Loop or Lupe? I think it's Lupe. Loop, Lupe. Hmm. Okay, Justine Lupe, Lupe will narrate the audiobook of Holly. That name should ring a bell, seeing as how she played Holly in the Mr. Mercedes series. Mm. Uh, she also is playing Willa on Secession. It is true. Yeah, yeah. I prefer her as Willa than Holly. Like, I am excited about a Holly audiobook because, you know, I love ho- audiobooks and I have been won over to the side of Holly, but I don't love Justine Loop's performance as Holly. Like, I, I never feel got like to it's her. a little more affected. And I like hmm. um, Cynthia Erivo as Holly yeah. to me. Yeah, I, but I mean, I mean, I'll still listen to it. You know, I mean, when I read "If It Bleeds," God, so it was that was twenty twenty. The Outsider was twenty twenty, right? Page, Mike. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it was just came I, out after the Outsider show. Yeah, and so I just I just pictured Cynthia Revo in the role. Me too. Um, and yeah. I and she's I had, so good because I had also read most of the Outsider. Actually, I think I read the Outsider actually um, when the show right before the show or around the show came out. So I had seen Cynthia Revo in that, and I had not gotten to mr mercedes where holly appeared and i hadn't read the books so cynthia revo will always be holly for me unfortunately mm-hmm. but well what's weird for me is that i i read mr mercedes and finders keepers you know well before cynthia revo was cast hmm. and so you know she's she's white in the book so i just kept picturing her as white but then i saw the outside tv show and when i read if it bleeds i couldn't stop thinking about cynthia revo yeah. mm-hmm. which is even though i'm reading a book in which the character is white very strange yeah. But uh, there you go. Yeah. Well, it makes me wonder if King was seeing uh, Cynthia Revo when he was writing too, because mm. I mean, he was writing it after I think the Mr. Mercedes trilogy. And that also makes me think like, does he have these characters in his head or the actors playing these characters when he's writing them? Like who has he been envisioning Holly as, you know? Well, I saw a lot of yeah, folks it's... get angry because like Will Patton was supposed to, didn't he do the, the three, the Mr. He Mercedes did. trilogy. And mm-hmm. then I, I think he also did the outsider. Um, yeah. So I saw f- some folks being like, oh, it's going to be weird to know that he's not actually completing, you know, <laughs> the the stories here. But it's not the best. Like, I don't love his Holly voice. It's oh, wow. very it's very clipped, you know, uh, Sheriff and Hopkins. I mean, I love Will Patton, but yeah. is, Will, is Will Patton like, I am Holly. <laughs> no, he just he like he, she speaks like this and he's just like that. Her voice is very uh, it, it's, it's just uh, really oh, boring. really? Interesting. Now I'm going yeah, to now I'm going to read it like that from now on. Every time I read Holly in the book. Yeah. yeah. Well, the <laughs> when he inevitably makes another, you know, like Holly, too. Do you think uh, Cynthia Revo <laughs> does the audiobook of that and then just like confuses oh, Mike, the hell out of everyone? Speaking of the devil, I got the press oh release gosh. from Hollywood Reporter. It says it's called Holly 2. <laughs> a, a Holly goes sta- to Hollywood? A, a plane story. Electric Google. A plane story. <laughs> yeah. <there we> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So Succession, we already talked about. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I, mean, I think we've kind of done it. Anything else on this? I mean, what was the last audiobook you listened to, though, Jen? Was it for um, Oh, today. Oh. I, yeah. I'm Well, I'm about to start Blaze, and then I just finished um, Hangs and Men by Shirley Jackson. I also listened to the Jeanette McCurdy. So, like, I've always got about three or four audiobooks going. Unreal. The last King one I listened to was Cell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, that was who did that one? 
Was that I a? I can't remember. Is it Justin Long? No, that was everything's eventual. Oh, that's everything's eventual. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would have. Okay. Justin Long is a good um, audio reader. I can't remember who did sell. It was nobody. I mean, it was it was fine. It wasn't like much. Be like didn't David Morse, you know, like someone yeah. really in a notable. But uh, yeah, I. <sighs> I don't I'll think it'll ever it happen for me. I, don't, I just don't think audiobooks will ever happen. But we do need to do an episode on them because oh yeah, I, I feel like everyone's every once in a while we'll get a bag of bones and somebody will be like, when are you going to talk about the audiobooks? So um, Campbell Scott there. narrated it. Oh, Campbell Scott, that's right. Oh yeah, and it was it was pretty good. He also he narrated the Shining audiobook, oh, wow. and he is great on that audiobook. You know, King's Dominion, yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah. George C. Scott, yeah, his yeah. dad. Oh yeah, uh, Rainbird himself and uh, yeah. John Rainbird. <laughs> My uh, my bedtime movie, um, much to the chagrin of Sammy, who wakes up and is like, "Why is this? Why is this kid drowning in the bathtub?" Yeah, exactly. It's like Jesus Christ, this is morbid. You know, here's the done, done, done. The knocking. It's it's the weirdest movie for me to fall asleep. I I swear to God, though, five minutes in, I'm out. It's great. I love it. Yeah, that's no mark on the movie. I love the movie to death, but I just the music is so soothing. Um, Speaking of music, Rachel. You're the pro when it comes yeah. to music, but you're also our physical media specialist. So why don't you go for the next story? Oh, yeah. We got a whole lot of 4K going on in <laughs> King's Dominion. So there's been three big um, releases that are announced that people can expect. So in February, Kino Lorber announced uh, that Cooge, good old Cujo, is getting a brand new HDR Dolby Vision Master set for a summer release. And that is... Overdue. I was actually kind of surprised. Yeah. There, I mean, there's been like Blu-ray releases and there's been some stuff, but it's like, how does this not have like the fanciest release out there? So overdue. Hopefully they'll do it right. Mm-hmm. It's always frustrating mm-hmm. when you get like just like a 4K release, but it doesn't really have anything um, like, I don't know, valuable. Like Stand By Me is one. It's like it's got a few things, but it's like it's fucking Stand By Me. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Give this like the biggest why that is, release cause... you can. For that, why don't they get all the surviving kids together to do a commentary? That'd be amazing. Yeah. Well, there, there are like some comment. There is a commentary, but not with all of them. I think it's just Reiner. It's Reiner and then I, I think that they're. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like some deleted scenes, but it's like, no, I want like, you know, like a fancy box set. It, well, and you know, like how Sacred Bones, I don't know, maybe, you know, put out like those box oh, sets yeah. that was like, yeah. they live with like the record and like this fancy box yeah. and they did it for like Big Trouble in Little China. It's like, they should do that. They could have the 45. Of the song and everything. Like, God, that would be cool. Uh, I like this. Leaving money on the table. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I do like in the, the, the like last year. They're like, all right, we're gonna re-release the fog, and we're making um, you know, a Stevie Wayne figure with it. And I mean, of course, I bought it within seconds. But I'm also just like, <laughs> what? Like what? Out of all people, uh, buy that though. Yeah, I, mean, I know it's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, Stevie. I never thought uh, in a million years I'd have a Stevie Wayne action figure. But here, this is the 40th anniversary of Cujo too. One, they're like, it's time. Yeah, it is. More than time. Um, also yeah. in March, uh, Vestron, Lionsgate's uh, Vestron Video Collector Series announced that Maximum Overdrive would beep, get beep. a Blu-ray steelbook. And uh, it's not a 4K release, but lots of features. They released one a while ago, but it wasn't a steelbook. Mm. They had a Blu-ray. Um, so... I'm curious. I didn't do a comparison to see if this has like newer stuff, but it does have some commentaries with, you know, let's see, Martha De Laurentiis, Laura Harrington, Yardley Smith, John Short, and makeup effects creator Dean Gates. And 
Yeah, so I'm curious if it's a different in any ways or it's just a steel book because that's are all if it's just a steel book. I think they're supposed to be all new. Um, because okay. like cool. I, I was pulling from um, I don't know if you've heard of this place, but bloody disgusting. And oh, uh, they, they had they had a, a, a rundown of some of the special features, and um, it seemed like they just like threw together a, a shitload of new features for this. Like, so I do Good. think there is some Love value it. at least then beyond the you know the fact that it's not a 4K release. <laughs> Hey, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, because mm. I don't know. I 4K. I don't have a 4K TV. I don't either. <laughs> I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really like Blu-ray's fine for yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Sometimes like, it's too smooth too. It's with too smooth. 4K yeah. Stuff, yeah. I've seen like I watched Back to the Future on a 4K TV with a, you know a 4K thing, and I was like, oh, this is actually taking away from the experience mm-hmm. <laughs> there's you could like see yeah. a lot of makeup in that i was like i don't know it if I like this. the aesthetic of things it's yeah totally yeah. um and then <laughs> breaking news scream factory announced just this morning <laughs> that creep show is coming to 4k uhd on june 27th 2023 with three count them three different bundle <laughs> options honoring the film from the 80s lots of different stuff um, you get a print, a nice 36 by 24 rolled poster, which is awesome. I have behind me, I've got like some of the Friday the 13th screen. Oh, that factory, one's awesome. Yeah. Like prints and stuff. And so they're, and they're like always really nice prints. Like they're not just like typically anyways, like a cheap poster, you get like a nice screen print. And then, um, so that's with some new art. And then you also get some pins, everybody, or people love enamel pins. Love and yeah, some of the the more limited packages, you get some lobby cards, uh, some original lobby cards, which is cool. So I, you know, it, we've seen releases of Creepshow before, seen nice releases of Creepshow. Was it Arrow that did it before? Um, I think so. I it was either yeah. Arrow or I think honestly it could have been just been Shout Factory that did it. I was saying, then, maybe it was. I can't even remember. But um, I mean, they know they know what they're doing. Yeah, those those Shout Factory folks know what they're doing. I always think so. about. I wonder if like. Scream Factory is across the street from Shout Factory, you know? It's I hope so. Competing mm-hmm. factories. So they can shout back and forth or scream yeah, back and forth. It's big warehouse. I'm pretty sure it's their imprint, right? It's like, the, it's just their whole yes. movie. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, it is. Okay. Um, gullible me, as usual. Um, God. Yeah, because I, I spent, I actually don't buy a ton, but they're, I do try to get the essentials for my collection because there are instances where they're just not streaming or I don't really want to rent it. Um and I went nuts this like last or this past January because uh, it was seventieth the seventieth birthday or seventy fifth birthday for John Carpenter, mm. and I bought like oh no maybe it was the seventieth birthday I can't remember but either 70, way it was seventy five seventy five eight I think yeah okay yeah because he's the same year as my as King and um, my dad but um yeah so I think about like eight fucking John Carpenter movies like all of them the one I, I haven't done so I think I'm gonna buy at least Creepshow here I I or and possibly Cujo because we're going to be doing a, a long watch of Cujo sometime this year. Um, the one I'm surprised isn't listed because it's really into it. Really needs one is Christine. Like mm. I feel like Christine yeah. needs to be reissued at some point. Um, and why not this year? Because it's also an they anniversary. Ha- they, there mm-hmm. is a 4K of Christine. Oh, is it 4K? Okay. There was yeah. There's a 4K and it was in a steel book, but that was a few years ago. Um, I just love this shit because I, I have I, it. Because I, I have it. So. <laughs> oh, do you? Okay, okay. It's, it's, yeah. So what do you think actually does need this treatment? And you mentioned Stand By Me, but are there any other ones yeah. that you thought that, you know? Well, 
I mean, okay, we've seen Flanagan talk about this, you know, but the fact, I mean, none of the Netflix stuff has a physical release. I mean, that's yeah. why I like buying physical stuff because it's like sometimes it's, I don't want to have to count on where to find it or if I subscribe to that streaming service or I want the extras, you know, that kind of stuff. And not that they're necessarily, mm-hmm. I mean, I know everybody here are like, everybody here is like huge Harrigan's phone fans, but like, you know, that's... <laughs> not out available anywhere else or like yeah (laughs) yeah. like 1922 doesn't have a physical release like i just it's weird to me to think that those only are going to be on netflix like forever i don't know but i think 1408 could have a cool one oh yeah oh yeah that'd be fun and there's a lot on i mean there's a lot of deleted stuff that you know wasn't in there a lot of alternate endings that we talked about too in there too i remember the old dvd of that had the deleted scenes on there because i remember watching them back in the day Mm -hmm. but it's like there's i mean that's like was such a popular movie and like had such a good reception it's like i'm sure you could get like some really interesting like interviews and like effects and cusack mm-hmm. could probably even do something and like i there's just seems like a lot of room there for that one to actually have a really nice release and i don't think it's even had like anything decent like i know no. there's yeah a dvd and i think there is a blu-ray but it's just kind of a standard you know yeah here you go yeah was well, it hard to find the black and white mist it is now? I mean, oh, yeah, so I let's re-release it. that. Yeah, yeah. I, the that's definitely one that could use one. I mean, because there's a lot of stuff on those on that Blu-ray. So if you reissue yeah. it, maybe give it, you know, give it some more fat. Maybe uh, you know, call on a certain podcast to do a commentary since that's happy to. to be a thing. Yeah. Also, uh, there's yeah. enough time too. There's, I think, there'd be interesting retrospect on that because it's much more. I think people look at it fondly much more now than they did yeah. back then. Oh, totally. I think more people have seen it. And people I saw 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. There's, I feel like there's so many of King's things. It's like they all have releases, but like, there just seems like, I mean, it's King. And a lot of them have such good, you know, even like Dolores Claiborne, I think, deserves something oh, a little bit better. Yeah. And like, I know that there are 4K releases of Misery and stuff, but it just doesn't seem like they have the kind of prestige boutique label treatment you know they're usually just Mm -hmm. kind of the major studio stuff where it's just kind of thrown out there it's like no give me the fancy box give me the booklet give me all the new special crazy Mm -hmm. features (laughs) yeah give me those sometimes they come back trilogy (laughs) yeah i will i volunteer to write the essay because i love that movie (laughs) i love the first one i think the first one's underrated but the second third ones are fast i think we've done episodes on those i'm not sure if i've seen those yeah and the third we, one is bad. We've done deep <laughs> Rich, were you on that episode? The, yeah, we yeah, were. Yeah, that was tough. It's funny yeah. because we've spent more time talking about the sequels than we did about the original because the original is still <laughs> waiting right. a long watch treatment. So, Uh-oh. and I missed the anniversary. So, we're going to have to find a time to just kind of throw it out there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we just do Tom an episode. I think yeah. we get Tom McLaughlin on for that as well. He yeah, that'd be a good there's also Jason like lives. There's also just a lot of like the made for TV stuff that I'm not even sure has yeah. Blu-rays. I could be yeah. wrong, but like, you know, writing the bullet and stuff, like I think that there's, or even like the Rob Lowe Salem's lot, like is that yeah. just on DVD? No, that's like, it's, it's just on streaming on DVD. DVD yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd love it if they did that because they did one for The Stand not too long ago. Um, and I know Mick Garris was tied in that as, you know, because it finally had gotten, you know, redone and everything. I'd love it for it for them to do it for all the other ones. I mean, there's some Storm that are, of the Century would yeah. look amazing too. Oh yeah, that would yeah. be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we've been talking about a lot of adaptations. Um, and it's gonna carry over. Uh, now, Justin, I sometimes call you documentary Gerber. So why don't you take this one? <laughs> I never call you that, but go for it. All Little the time. documentary Gerber. Yeah. All the time. Well, I don't know if you three know this. The last month <laughs> it was reported that Dark Star Pictures acquired <laughs> 
North American Rights to Daphne Bywares featured documentary King on Screen. The documentary oh, yeah. approved by Stephen King will hit theaters in late summer with a digital release to follow in the fall. Here's a snippet from Deadline on the project. King on Screen offers audiences an intimate sit-down with directors who have adapted King's work for the screen, looking at the movies and shows that have brought his body of work an entirely new life, both the ones that reach the top-tier echelons of pop culture history and those that fell by the wayside into obscurity. <laughs> Among those sitting down for interviews in the film, which world premiered at Fantastic Fest last year, are Frank Darabont, Dan, yeah. Mick Garris, Mike Flanagan, and director and special makeup effects titan Greg Nicotero, to name a few. God, we've talked we've talked to everyone there except for Darabont. Although Randall talked to Darabont for the AV Club, so that counts. But um, I I guess my question is like, does this documentary work without Stephen King's involvement? Because like I I guess like I'd kind of want his like his input on some of these movies at least. I you know know it's a hot take. I I think it does because these are about these are truly about the filmmakers' interpretations of the work that they're adapting. You know, so I feel like. He should be the looming presence, but you don't hear from him. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I also wonder, like, if that means, okay, maybe that just means that that's not new stuff, but is there going to be clips of old interviews? And, like, you know, because he's obviously when a lot of these things came out, he was doing the circuit and talking about these. We've heard him talk about all these films. So does that, you know, he's mm-hmm. already said stuff. Do they need to bring him back in to do it again, you know? Mm. Yeah. As you were saying, you think they might incorporate old like talk show stuff and they could i mean that makes sense maybe yeah. if, I mean, you know if they have access to it but yeah yeah i mean that's but what Jan, like, john campopiano did for uh you know like the it, it and the pet cemetery and stuff so mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to hear him you know compare things that like how he feels about stuff then and now too you know and some of them i think yeah. have aged better in his mind and some have aged worse and or at least he you know is more honest about his feelings about them now um, but I also like when we were in Maine, um, they were talking about how like he has a premiere in Banger and like they like give away tickets on the radio station. Like I would love to hear about that kind yeah. of aspect. Like what is his reaction to some of these movies? Like we know what his reaction to Stand By Me was and we know what his reaction to The Shining is. And there are a couple other ones that we hear about. But like. I don't know. What did he think of 1408? You know, I would like to hear what the experience of watching it and maybe talk to somebody who was in the theater with him that got to see the movie. Too, I think you know? I think that is going to be a part of it because I remember them talking about that when we were on our tour last year about how mm-hmm. they the, these film workers came in and they did some intros and some fun That's stuff right. with like Miko Hughes. Oh, yeah. OK. Maybe a couple others. Yeah. So I think I think that is going to be a component, Jen. But um, so that because that, that would be great. I mean, I. I would like to have something that's a little bit more than the cursory. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. well, we got the rights and Castle Rock Entertainment you right. know, put it out there. And, uh, you know, well, you know, 20 years later, we're still talking about it. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. no, we need a little bit more than that. Um, so, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for this. I it, it did make me wonder, like, bigger picture stuff, like a Ken Burns-style documentary on, on Stephen King, like that type of, like, that you know, that level of detail. Um, and then... At, the minute I wrote that, I was like, we literally are doing that with this podcast for the last six or seven years. <laughs> yeah. So it just yeah. be like listening to the same shit that we've been already talking about, especially like all the archive stuff. But um, it is kind of it, interesting. We're starting to see more of this stuff. I mean, because we, you know, got the Pet Cemetery one, which was cool. Pennywise last year, which was great. Or this year. No, last year. Um, I'd like to see more. I'm good. I'm game. 
What do I, what do I, I would too. I think I would like to see a little more like niche stuff. Like I never want to buy any merch with all of his books listed on it because I know there will be a next book, you know, or, yeah. or, or mm. I feel like I might be jinxing it. So like, I don't know if a Ken Burns, like it might be too early for something of that scale, you know? Right. So right. I like the, it, what it feels like this is a slightly more limited kind of focus, you know? Yeah. Well, we should all catch yeah. it in, in theaters, you know? Yeah. Like a loser's hey. club outing. Let's, hey, know? let's Man, make a plan right now. <laughs> we should. I love a good horror documentary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's fun. I mean, it is interesting. It said like theaters too. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, it's yeah. good, like, I'm curious, like, what does that mean? Like, just like, you know, Alamo draft houses or select indie theaters or like, is it really going to have a wide release? Like, that would be wild and awesome. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got, I feel like they got James Conn for this, I, if I recall. Um, I mean, because there's been, this has been teased for a while and we've definitely been hit up on our socials about this project for quite some time. Uh, so this is one of those things that's been gestating for a while, a lot like the Pennywise doc, where it's just been waiting and waiting mm-hmm. and collecting. And collecting. Well, I, I do hope in addition to these directors, because obviously it's just to name a few, I do hope he got like the Lewis Teagues of the world. I think he did. Yeah. The Tom, I, Tommy McLaughlin's of the yeah, world. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the the depth of this is pretty wide, uh, or wide, deep. Good job, Massive. Mike. Well, and new stuff, too. Massive. I would, I mean, I know that's not necessarily, but it would be interesting to hear, you know, from Pablo Lorraine and, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. a lot of, like, Definitely. like, like mm-hmm. how does it, is it catching up with, because we're still getting stuff all the time, obviously. How like, far yeah. along is Martin Scorsese on the Billy Summers adaptation? Yes. Right. Like, to get yep. Marty mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta get Leo in there, too. You know? Oh, man, yeah. What was that de-aging like? Well, this is pretty wild. So this is based. So I'm looking at IMDb for all the people that are attached to this. It's got Mike Flanagan, Amy Irving, uh, Darabont, Ooh. Jeffrey Demon, Taylor Hackford, which is great. Uh, Dolores Doris. Claiborne, loved that. Uh, Louis mm-hmm. Teague, uh, Vincenzo Nata- uh, Natale, which oh, yeah. he's done yeah, yeah. You know, in the Tall oh, Grass. Those, in and the Tall Grass, grass yeah. Um, Tom Holland, um, Todd Williams, who we just spoke to, uh, Andre Overdrawl, who is supposed to do. That's weird. He was supposed That's to do a long walk, but yeah. he's not yeah. attached to that anymore. Um, hmm. Mikhail Hafstrom, uh, who we also spoke to. 1408. Yeah. Um, or no, we didn't speak to Mikhail Hafstrom. We, I was thinking of someone else. Um, he did get Tom McLaughlin. Wow. And uh, Fraser C. Heston, we, who we also t- spoke mm-hmm. to. Mick Harris. Dan Adias. Wow, he really got everybody. Yeah, Mark L. Lester. This is pretty intense. Or yeah. she. I'm not sure he did it. But, yeah, th- this, is, this is awesome. Um more than 80 films and series. Yeah, that's cool. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. 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 A night at the movies. Who, who could argue with that? Hey, Mike, uh, seriously, though, <laughs> while you're on IMDb, could you go to the fundamentals of caring? Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and go to the trivia section. Yeah. And please, thumbs up. Oh, I've already done it. So I, I, cool I, I, with Selena Gomez. I can't do it uh, personally, but uh, you can, constant <laughs> listener. So be that's sure right. to go out there. Again, IMDb, you can even get the app. It's a cool little mm-hmm. app that you could have at your disposal at any moment. Um, it's a little yellow button. And just <laughs> click on it and then type in fundamentals of caring. And don't get too distracted by the other things that are on there. Like, like uh, 87 the, ads per Like 87 ads. Sentence. And, and, and mm. if you're thinking like, ooh, what is Paul Rudd doing lately? Um, no, just go to the trivia section. And what's, what's the, 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 the trivia that we're supposed to thumbs Mike, up? Mike, I'm glad you asked. Okay. The trivia is <laughs> Paul Rudd said it was cool work with Selena Gomez. Cool. Thumbs up. Sweet. That's what we need. Um, also another thumbs up. This next story. Uh, now, we talked about Mike Flanagan in this king on screen and he's the subject of the next story we have here jen you're a flana fan so i defer to you for this penultimate story to our uh hollywood king 
Yes, I am a Flana fan. <clears throat> Sorry. So in March, um, Mr. Flanagan was talking to Script Apart podcast about concepts for the Dark Tower series and wanting to add characters from The Shining and Dr. Sleep to the Dark Tower universe. And he said, Abra Stone in the Dark Tower universe as a breaker is really interesting. There's a character in the Dark Tower named Dandelo spoilers, who I think is a cousin of the true knot, who's this emotional vampire, but who feeds on laughter instead of fear. But there's room in that world for the true knot themselves. There's room for Rose the Hat. There might be room for Danny Torrance. Uh, hmm. I think I'm good. I, I don't know if I really need this, but Justo, I know that uh, you're a huge Dr. Sleep fan. So are you excited to see Abra come back and you know kick well, some ass? I think it's confusing. We can look at this point in our podcast. We have read and reviewed the Dark Doctor Sleep and the book and movie, so we can spoil this a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, we dropped the book episode early, just yeah. like we did Lisa a long story. time ago. So, and, yeah. okay. and, you know, I'm so, assuming everyone's seen the movie too. So, and if you haven't, skip twenty seconds. Yeah, in the movie, in Flanagan's movie, Danny dies. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it, it would be way too confusing for Flanagan to be in charge of another. Stephen King franchise that now incorporates elements from the book of a movie he adapted from. I I, I think that would be too confusing. I, I don't know how that would work. Yeah. Dark Tower is confusing enough. I know. We don't need right. to make it even more like why is Ewan McGregor here? You know? If you just have Abra come in, that would that would be that would make sense. But yeah. uh that might be a little too confusing, I think. Or maybe when he died, that's where he went, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's happened before yeah. in the Dark Tower land. Yeah. True. I mean, literally anything's possible in the Dark Tower. I mean, they That's just true. have anyone just come back and, and have some fun. Um, who else, though, would you want to see from Flanagan's Dominion uh, come back in see, here? See... That's my problem. I don't care mm -hmm. about people from Flanagan's Dominion. I want King's <laughs> Dominion people. Yeah. Now, look, I love you and McGregor. I love Flanagan. But like, why do we have to limit it? Can Charlie not show up? Can Carrie come and fuck some shit up? I would watch that. You're going to watch DH Sissy Spacek or you're going for a uh, remake? Yes. Yeah. Her daughter, Skylar Fisk, is a good actor and she could oh, just yeah. play middle-aged Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. Hey, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Both of them. Bring them all in. Like maybe they go Gosh. to a, they may, maybe they open a door and there's like a a world where Carrie wasn't bullied, you know, she's ah, in a nice world yeah. and Chamberlain Maine wasn't burned down and mm. you know it's still connected. Um, I mean Cujo, Cujo has to walk oh, through some yeah. somewhere. Church, <laughs> Cujo's not in dog this. Alive. <laughs> yeah, Christine drives Be by. Just turned fifty five. I hope it's the Cujo that was in uh, the 2017 Dark Tower. I know it's been about six years, oh, but yeah. let's just hope. Uh, I'm sure that, that oh, pooch is still popping. That's hope. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> are we done with the this bit? Are we good? Okay. I was going to yeah. say I wanted to see Confetti return. Conf oh, yeah. Yeah, That's. I feel like that's kind of my take. And as much as I love Flanagan, like this just feels like... Yeah. Like, come on. All right. Let's, yeah. 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 Let's calm He's down a fan. A I, 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 like I said, though, I would be very curious to see what he does with this. He may, hey, yeah. He's I'm definitely gonna watch a fan. it. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see and, Revival. Again, if he even does it, right? Because they still, he's got a deal with Amazon, but this is still nothing official yet, right? Yeah. Nothing's yeah. official. Yeah. And let's just say we're in an era where streamers are cutting back a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The well, only I'll, way I want to watch this is if Danny Torrance and Rose the Hat make out. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, okay. But then he I'm was in. trying to kill his. But this is bizarro Step. Dark Tower world. Is she going to have her like all messed up? His, uh, his half niece. Yeah. Hey, the opposite of hate is love. 
Yeah. So. Oh, hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> well, and the opposite of hate is also caring, like fundamentals of caring. <laughs> IMDb.com. <laughs> cool work. Uh, anyway. All right. Anyway. Well, we're on the fence, uh, or at least <laughs> waiting around to see if the Dark Tower is going to happen. But here's one series that is happening, uh, by all accounts. Welcome to Dairy. So uh, back in February, HBO Max finally gave the straight to series order to Welcome to the Dairy. Uh, Welcome to the Dairy. (laughs) Welcome to Dairy, uh, which is a prequel series we've been talking about for a couple of years now. Uh, And so they confirmed basically what we already knew, that Annie Muschietti and Barbara Muschietti and Jason Fuchs are on board. But they also confirmed that Andy Muschietti is going to direct multiple episodes of the series, including the first episode. Um, And what's more, Jason Fuchs uh, and Brad Caleb Kane uh, they're going to serve as co-showrunners for the the prequel series. So here's a synopsis. That well, Mike, also- sorry. You, you, what have they done? Okay. You, you missed out I know. what they've All done. Right. Well, Jason Fuchs has <laughs> been in charge of Wonder Woman and Ice Age Continental Drift. I like that little <laughs> critter in Ice Age, though. That's fun. Okay. Um, and then Brad Caleb Kane uh, was in charge of Moonhaven, which I haven't heard of. Um, Black Sails, which I also haven't heard of. And then, But more importantly, Fringe, which is... I, there we go. I, I I've heard that's a great show. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure everybody knew what was going on. Okay. <laughs> so here's the synopsis uh, from last year. The series will begin in the 1960s, in the time leading up to the events of It Part One, the 2017 film based on the Stephen King horror novel. Uh, the story is also said to include the origin story of Pennywise the Clown. So yeah, I know we've we've talked at great lengths about how we don't like the origin story idea here. But why are we talking about it again? Because we already kind of knew all this. Well, last week. Bill Skarsgård, Pennywise, for those not in the know, he spoke to one of our Chicago Council listeners, uh, Jake Hamilton, uh, on his show, Jake Stakes, and said that as of now, he's not involved with the series. Uh, This is the quote. He said, we'll see what they come up with and what they do with it. I'm not currently involved in it. Uh, If someone else gets to play Pennywise, my advice is to make it your own. Have fun with it. What I thought was so pleasurable about that character was how incredibly abstract he was. The book is really a gift that way. It's a pretty good, pretty good take. Um, my read of this is that it's way too early for any casting decisions because I'm st- sure they're still writing all the scripts and all the plotting out. And I think they are 100% going to reach out to Bill Skarsgård for this. Like, they, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Like, I, I just I, think... You don't think I so? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like... He's kind of on the rise right now. And does he want to go back and commit to 10 episodes? I don't think it'll be that much, though. Yeah. Yeah, It's also HBO, too. It wouldn't surprise me if it was, like, less than that. And so, you know, depending on, you know, where they're at, I'm sure, like, if it... I don't It seems like they have a good working relationship. And I I feel like the Muschettis would ask him first and like try to go that route and make it work. But obviously, like you said, he's on the rise. So I'm sure it's going to just come down to scheduling, but I'm surprised because this has been in the talks for so we've been talking about this for so long. I just can't believe mm-hmm. that. I feel like by now he would have, they would have had some commitment or something. I feel like they'd have some, so I feel like we're going to hear about it in the next month or two is that we're going to mm-hmm. start seeing like, you know, where it's going to shoot. I mean, it's going to be probably where they shot the same, the first two movies. Um, but I feel like the cast is going to start fleshing out a little bit mm-hmm. um, in the same way that the, you know, Pet Cemetery prequel did about four years ago. And then we still never heard of anything. Oh, yeah. about the is movie. that movie still sitting on the shelf somewhere? That yeah. Pet Cemetery prequel? Yeah. Right next to uh, Dobbs Lot, um, oh, which God. is who the hell knows when that's going to happen. Although I think we heard a little bit uh, of insider information about uh, oh. what could possibly when, when that's going to happen. Who knows, actually? Um, but 
Where are we with this series? Because we've talked about it ad infinitum on this show. We've aired our grievances. But knowing this is actually a real thing, that this is going to be on HBO. I mean, I do those streaming guides every month. It Chapter 1 and It Chapter 2 are right there. One of these days, I'm going to have to write Welcome to Dairy right underneath. Are we excited? Are we interested? Are is there some sort of hype tied to this? Justin, what about you? What are, what are you I, I've always thought that the story lent itself better to a long-form series as opposed to just a movie. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot more you can do with it. Plus, this is kind of giving them an opportunity. I mean, it is giving them an opportunity to set it much closer to the years when they were kids in the book. Yeah. Which was at 57, 58. So this is only probably, what, five years after that. I love that time. I love the aesthetic. And I'd be curious to see what old Pennywise would get up to, you know, in 1960s Maine. I, I, I am. I'm not even the biggest fans of, of the uh, Musietti uh, adaptations, but I am cautiously optimistic about this. I just finished this big oral history on HBO. And I mean, when you really, really break it down, most of the time these these shows or movies that they do end up being quite solid. So, yeah, I mean, it's true. I have to be optimistic because it's, it's, it's not TV, it's HBO. It's true. And it's not CBSL Access. It's HBO. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel, what about you? Where, where are you at on this? I mean, I'm hopefully optimistic. I feel like I always am <laughs> to a certain That's extent. That's good. But like, it's a good thing. I, yeah. I'm, I, like, I like that this, the team behind it, I think. Like that gives me hope, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's like, okay, well, that's boding well. It's people that are familiar with this. And I have heard that Wallfish is attached again for the score. Um, oh, interesting. So that also, cool. like, you know, I think that there's a lot of the same it crew and team. And so, you know, that gives me hope. And so, yeah, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. And I, I think that there is room and it is an interesting story. So, TBD, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you talk about bottle episodes, right? Yeah. Now you really could maybe with this, you could have the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. You could still do some unused stuff from the book even. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's and actually a good do point. like another interlude too. Like, I, I don't know. I, I heard a while ago that they were going to focus a little bit on Mrs. Kirsch. And hmm. like, it's my understanding of it was it was going to be more the origin of bob gray mm. which is like the human persona that like when we see him taking his makeup yeah. off in it chapter two which i would be interested in um mm-hmm. i would be interested in a new interlude that's not from the book too i mean mm. i think i don't think there's anyone else i would trust with then hbo to do that mm-hmm. but i don't know and they've got a relationship with the scars guards because alexander Skarsgård pops up on all of these shows he so, does yeah yeah you know. i mean well, the, the, the original fukunaga script there is a flashback of bob gray basically younger oh, really? pennywise yeah from the what the either the, i think like the early 1900s or the 1800s or something i think like so that. yeah so yeah. not that see, I, not I think, that i read that script or anything but i mean yeah. that's what i heard <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what it, i think i'm more interested in pennywise without the losers like i like as much as i love the losers like i feel like i know their story and i it makes me yeah. really worried to start pulling at those those threads you know so just tell me something else about Pennywise. Or maybe Pennywise comes back in like 2025 yeah. or something. Well, the I cool mean, thing about this is it doesn't have to be a group of kids, right? No. Right. It could be something <laughs> else going on. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it could be insomnia. You know, there's some old people in that one. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm thinking they might bring Skarsgård back because it's maybe that like that would be my hope is that they focus on more of that stuff and they can bring him back just for a few days and have kind of like a you know a large cameo or something and like I don't know. Pennywise they could can bring like them both things, back obviously. and have a flag versus Pennywise battle. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be versed just using CGI like they did in the first scene of it where he turns into that shark. So I mean. You know, oh, yeah. you can always do that too. You know, it's we've ragged a lot on, especially at chapter two. Mm. But so far, one name has not popped up in all of this, and I've been pretty like, you know, pretty elated to to be blunt about it. Ooh. Is Gary Dopperman because mm. I think a lot of the blame you could you know put on his lap for that script in the second one. Where I mean, there are moments. I mean, I actually, I think Caffrey and I are the probably the warmest to that sequel. Um, but I like it. Yeah, but, but okay. Sure. So we're, we're we're there's at least somewhat of a content here that, 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 yeah. that is in there. But there's just some miserable fucking writing in that. And most of the time, the issues are are certainly scripting issues when mm-hmm. it's not you know a lot of the CGI Palooza stuff, but in a lot of the jump cuts. Um, but the fact that he's not on this is like really exciting to me because mm. then you could actually get if you get some great writers in there i, I mean muschietti has got a strong eye i really do i think that some of those shots yeah. of, of the small town maine um that you know the the stand-in for the small town maine at the very least it looks exactly how i pictured the, the novel so if you can get a great writer behind it then i'm far more excited for this um yeah. and i'm interested to see you know I haven't seen a lot of the credits for these showrunners. Um, you know, I haven't watched Fringe. All I know of Ice Age Continental Drift is the little critter that, you know, breaks the ice and all. But is this the squirrel with the nut? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is cute. Um, but yeah, I you know. <laughs> Shut up though. <laughs> I'm intriguing. I I guess the big question this is probably objectively the most anticipated king event, at least for adaptations coming up though, right? I mean, I Yeah. It, I, I can't yeah. think of anything else that tops this. Well, besides, than... besides Scorsese's Billy Summers. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Scorsese, oh, yeah. yeah Marty's, Marty's Billy Summers is interesting. Um, I guess the big the elephant in the room we've been kind of kicking around like, is Salem's Lot. I mean, this is, it, it's kind of crazy to think that like we might actually see Welcome to Dairy before Salem's Lot comes out yeah. at this point, um, which is pretty hey, You know, take as long as you want on Salem's Lot and make it good. And if you need to reshoot that entire thing, do it i agree with jen a thousand percent on the latter part of that especially yeah <laughs> well i've i've heard Uh-oh. guys i've heard whispers from a little lot birdie who has been involved that we're not going to see anything this year yeah <laughs> wow yeah, that is wild. crazy and yeah. it's april that, <laughs> that's a good two-year delay um things were being sent in as recently as last month. Oh my god! Wow! Wow! <laughs> so, and, and, to, so, and to to echo again, this was supposed to come out in theaters seven months ago. Yes. Yes. Okay. And technically, and I, before that too, right? I mean, because that yes. that was the delay. It was like November, was, yeah. I think, twenty twenty two, and then it got bumped to April of this year, hmm. and like nothing's come out about it. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was September of last year. It was supposed to, it was supposed to be. Oh, September. maybe. Yeah. yeah, and then, but even before that, I thought it was. I, I think originally the, the first date was like what twenty twenty one, if not. That might be because of COVID. Because I think COVID, so everything yeah, happened that, too. Um, yeah, yeah it's Birdie so strange. Saw the film and said that it was, it was not great. Yeah. Does it suck? But not blood. You said it, sister. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's it. All right. It, let's throw this out there. What comes? All right. Do we throw? Do we have a, a pool here? 
does Welcome to Dairy come out before Salem's Lot? Who yes. says yes? Um, Jen, yes. Yeah. yeah. Justin, yes. Yeah. yeah. Rachel? No. I'm going to say that this comes out <laughs> January. I'm going to say Salem's Lot comes out January. Ooh, I, I, think I mean, it does January have a January vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. January dump month. I like it. 2024. I just don't think that we're going to see Welcome to Dairy before the end of this year. Oh, you think it'll yeah. be a spring release probably? Mm. Or it, it, I mean, it, they haven't even announced casting, which means they haven't even started filming and it's a yeah. series. And po- like, I just don't think we're going to see it this year. It probably but, will be like uh, fall just, 2024, maybe. Yeah. Mm. That's just my, yeah. my, my Get guess. Get to work. Yeah. Uh, well, well, hell, we might never even see Salem's Lot. Maybe they'll see David Zaslav like, will just say, you know, you put it in the same bin I put Batgirl and Scoob Haunted Honeymoon, whatever uh, the fuck yeah. it's called. God, uh, just write this off. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If it's if it's going to be bad, do that. Exactly. Because, like, I, I least, agree. I, I have no problem with because then you get I mean, someone else paid on it. either way. I mean, you know. mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then it won't be another twenty years before we get an adaptation. And then, of course, we could do the reclamation project when it gets leaked in ten years, and people will say, "Oh, actually, this was actually, pretty great. It's yeah. pretty good." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, not enough people are talking about. No, no. Actually, Gary Dobberman's the best person to adapt Stephen <laughs> King. Uh, God. Uh, oh. well, speaking of vampires, the sun's setting over Hollywood King <laughs> and uh, it's time to hit the road, Jack. So, and I think I see a little uh, CGI vampire staring at us from across the street. So <laughs> before we go, let's catch everyone up on where we're going next. Uh, Justin, tell us what's going on over at the Halloweenies in April. Well, Mike, speaking of CGI, you won't see a lot of it in our favorite effects from the Evil Dead franchise. It's going to be coming up. <laughs> How about that segue? Nice. Great one. Uh, that's going to be a fun episode. We're going to be kind of just discussing, I think, our 10 favorite uh, effects moments from the Evil Dead movies and Ash vs. Evil Dead TV series. We're also going to be doing on our Patreon for Halloweenies, patreon.com backslash Halloweenies pod, a live watch of Fede Alvarez's 2013 Evil Dead. Oh, and by the way, there's a new Evil Dead movie coming out. <laughs> we will oh. finally, after months and months of delays, we will finally be doing an episode on Lee Cronin's Evil Dead Rise that will be coming out later on this month on the main feed. So, yeah. And Mike, of course, on, on the Patreon. What else do we have coming out? Ah, Fortune and Glory. We're going to be heading to... Uh, it's, it's a long way to New Delhi, which is why we're going to be stopping at the Temple of Doom, um, which is... Oof, cannot wait to do this. I'm waiting patiently to get through a lot of the Evil Dead stuff like I did with Scream to start doing research on that one. But um, let's just say... Not going to be as biblical <laughs> as the first one where I spent like 20 minutes talking about the Ark of the Covenant. I don't think we're going to have to spend too much time talking about the same cars. Like, what if you just ran it back with the same script? Oh, just the same. With- and they were just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, interesting. Keep going. Oh, cool. Interesting. Like, more of the Ark. How about that? Um, I, I can't wait. I, I've I've loved that first episode. And it was like, it's still one of the longest episodes we've ever done I, I don't think temple will be that long even just i'm halfway through reading a lot of the chapters on temple it's not as long as what raiders was oh boy okay so, i can guarantee it will be as long now you it will be long. a long app but it's not I, d- I really don't think that there's not as much history as it as we had with raiders which is kind of reassuring um all right rachel what do you have going down i, I know you've been guessing on a bunch of podcasts and i originally put that the pot and the pendulum, but um, oh yeah, b- b- no, I've been okay. They they've adapted the uh, the losers club model, <laughs> so yeah, so been co-hosting over there a little bit. We just did okay the the purge series, which oh. actually yeah, yeah, that's the series is 
pretty decent, yeah. actually. <laughs> I've only seen of... the second and third one. I thought the second one was quite good. Mm-hmm. The first the third one one's is pretty good. good but yeah. I haven't seen the other ones. You've never seen the third... first one? No, I haven't seen the TV show. I haven't seen the first Purge. I haven't seen the first Purge movie. I haven't seen the Forever Purge. I got to get on it. Yeah, no, first Purge is great. The original, like the first Purge, the original Purge is also great. The TV series, solid. Yeah. So um, was kind of impressed. So yeah, anyways, we we just wrapped that up. And um, so those will be dropping soon and so that's a ton of fun so if you're if you're if you're a purger purge head <laughs> um you know check us out over on the pod and pendulum and you can get all caught <laughs> the up. movie kind you know yeah, yeah. yes yeah <laughs> not actually like purging you know no you know new Ugh. new founding fathers need not apply um, yeah yes. yeah it's a Grillo, he's still in that, or is he, he was only in no. the second, third? All right, well, that's yeah, he was. Right. Yeah, he was in two of them, but yeah, I love. Him. I was like, of course he's in. I love movies. Grillo, and I love his car. How is he not back for these other ones? I, I know because some of them are prequels. I guess it wouldn't make that much yeah. sense. But I was. He just, said he would only come back if Demonico um, was directing. I think was or something enough. like that. It, it was like somehow tied to Demonico, and he's like, he's written all like several more more of them, but yeah. hasn't directed necessarily. So. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, Jen, catch everyone up on uh, what's next for you and also for the losers uh, for the rest of April. Uh, well, it is Bachman month for uh, the Losers Club. So we are not only going to be covering the Dark Half commentary. Um, I'm sorry. We're going to be providing a commentary track on the Dark Half movie Um there is no dark half commentary that I'm aware of, although that would be interesting. Oh, there is a dark um, half commentary. Is there? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, there is one for us that we did. Um, the, oh, yeah, we're okay. unlocking that one from the because because it's like the 30th anniversary of uh, of the dark half, so mm. seemed pretty fitting that you know considering the the well, the, and we're also hitting Blaze this month, so this yeah. is going to be our last official Bachman book, and yeah. so in wow. honor of reaching this great milestone that we've been looking forward to from the beginning of the podcast, even before I was on the podcast, we're going to be ranking all of the Bachman books, and we are going to be ranking Stephen King's writers, so I'm very excited about mm. all of that. Lots of really fun stuff this month. It's good stuff. Big month, Bachman. Yeah. We, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Big Month Bachman. We're, yeah, yeah Big we Bachman. are popping champagne corks all <laughs> yeah. over. Uh, but uh, look, we're we're always impromptu. You know, we're always we're unpredictable. What can I say? Um, that's why you should probably follow us, um, even on decaying social media platforms like Twitter. And honestly, Facebook is the same decaying, you know, wasteland. Uh, but please follow us there. Um, if you're going to follow us on any social media platform, <laughs> I'd say follow us on Instagram. I fucking love Instagram. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could find us there at Losers Club Pod for Twitter. Uh, the Losers Club Podcast for Instagram. Uh, you don't need to write that down. Just go search for us. You'll find us. And then if you're feeling really charitable. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We've had some really good ones coming down the pipeline. And that's why you should give us five bright red Pennywise clown noses because we're your favorite. We're your devoted. We're your only losers club. Uh, I do want to say thank you to you all for joining me on this ride today. And I really want to say thank you to our trusty editor, Kyle Rosevich, who, (laughs) as always, keeps us from uh, veering too far off the beam. And, uh, you know, without him, we'd be as helpless as the, the poor bastards in uh, One from the Road. But uh, that's true. speaking okay. of the road, we'll be seeing you over long days and, and pleasant, pleasant nights. nights. I got some hot
This is the end of our show. For now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>